You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello and welcome back to the only podcast there out there with the BDE to bring you a film commentary just like this one. A movie that's never been talked about on any show yet. Isn't that right, Zach? Fucking well, I've never heard this movie being talked about, my my play here, my boy. Yeah, we're talking about digging up from the graveyard the amazing science fiction release, Cherry 2000. Fucking it- Cherry, baby. Fucking uh, Big Chad. Fucking remember that song? Oh, yeah. Who was Stone Cold. That that dude has a uh, Ricky Vale, what's his name? Was it? I couldn't remember if it was Frankie Avalon or who it was. Frankie Avalon. That's probably right. Fucking, I'm I'm an idiot. Fucking, but he had a big cinder block cock, as you coined. Not just, you know, fucking the concrete cock. He had the cinder block cock. Well, you know you got to be if uh, Clint Eastwood is uh, making a movie biopic about you. So, Fucking Jed. Fucking Jed. See, this is what's so sad is I looked up that song Cherry to see who it was. Just, you know, I didn't want to put out misinformation. First thing mm-hmm. comes out on Google, Cherry, song by Harry Styles. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not the real version. <laughs> <laughs> For Harry Styles, first he makes watermelon juice or whatever it was called, watermelon lemonade, whatever it's called, which is about pussy juice. And then let me guess what Cherry's about. I don't know. Oh yeah, fucking, he, fucking, he's putting on a dress. He's got the hairiest style. Fucking that that boy styles Harry. I know. If they could only have uh, made him, uh, you know, a bigger movie star, but mm. I, I guess not. Wasn't he like in one of those war movies and everybody was like, oh my God, he's he's going to come out. I think it was Dunkirk. They're like, oh my God, he's going to come out and it's going I to, wish. I yeah. wish he'd come out. I would love to suck his cock. <laughs> well, I'm not talking that way. They're like, oh, he's going to come out to the film world and blow everybody away his talent. And then he had like no dialogue in the movie or something. Mm-hmm. He was in One Direction. That yeah. boy band. Very he... low T. Let's see. Oh no, it's Sherry by Frankie Valley. Cherry, baby. Cherry, yeah. I thought it was cherry too. Fucking I, what, what if we just saw through the alternate universe? The yeah. fucking Mandela effect is real. Marvel, what if Mandela effect? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna get it rolling wrong here. We have it paused um, here at the uh, opening. Uh, depending on what release of this movie you have, you may get an MGM logo, you may get a Kino logo. Those are not the real logos. Those are not the production companies of the original. So we're going to start it where the original film print started, and that is on a background of outer space and a title card that says an Orion Pictures release. So if you're rolling off, uh, I was going to say if you're rolling off the Blu-ray, but this is getting a, a redo Blu-ray, so it could be even different. So yeah, it's yeah. 32 seconds on the original Blu-ray, but it could be anything on whatever you guys have it on in in the future. You know, when the people watch this movie in the future, in the year 2000, they could have different formats. Hell yeah. But either way, it's a great movie. So I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say the word go, please hit play on your remote. I know Zach and Mac and Zach save the world. They don't do that. They just start watching the movie. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, you guys 
just like, here we go. I'm like, okay, like, what, what was it paused on? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't yeah. even notice. That's funny. I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. All right. Everybody have remote in hand, please. One, two, three, go. All right. We are I'm rolling. I apologize to you. Like, fucking, yeah, I probably fucked that up for you. Reloading. Yeah, I almost wanted to have it on a, a second, like, uh, screen. Like, I wanted to follow along, but maybe mm-hmm. another one. Fucking cherry, baby. Look at this. We're getting a silhouette. Is that Melanie Griffith? No, it's not. It's Cherry 2000. Foggy, look at them perky beebs. That's what's funny is, like, uh, you you might think it's Melanie Griffith because it's kind of like you're looking through some blinds or something like the cover of uh, Body Double, which had Melanie Griffith, but it's not. It's uh, yeah. This is the titular character of uh, Cherry 2000, and she's getting, like, like when you first watch this, like, you don't have the context of the story because oh, you, yeah. you just think this is, like, a good way to, you know, get the audience hard before the movie starts, but it's actually, she's getting ready, getting dressed, whatever, behind this curtain because uh, her husband or her owner is coming home, and, uh... Fucking Chad. He's, he's a complete Chad, because, like, in this movie in the future, like, no, you notice no cars have roofs, like, in the city? Mm. Yep. And they, like, have three wheels, like, he has a weird three-wheel car. Fucking amazing. See, this takes place in the future where basically they've already figured out that women are basically useless and, like, we should just make sex toys and fucking, like, yeah, they, they never really explain what they do with the women. I'm, I'm sure, like, fucking they, they, they got to go on their own island and just have their sibian, but all the chats, they get to stand here and get their fuckbot 2000, basically. Exactly. And here we have a great shot. I, this has really impressed me. Like, he's, like, going to the normal house, but in the background is a matte painting of a futuristic city. Very interesting. So I, matte paintings are fucking too. They're they're too cool. I oh, think, look, that guy's name is Cal Doc Cot Chubb. Did you see that? Yeah, Cal Doc Chubb. I actually saw uh, some video of Cal Doc Chubb on the making of on the Blu-ray, baby. Did he have a full-on robot chubby? I don't know. I only saw him from like the waist up. What if he wrote this movie and it, he came up with it because he is from that fucking cyborg race of fuckbots? He could be. Exactly. You know, she's kind of Stacy. Oh, she's super Stacy. This is, uh, I think, Pam Gridley's playing Cherry. And uh, I was really shocked when I listened to, like, the whatever commentary. I, like, this house, like, from the inside, like, looks very fake. But I don't know. The director was claiming on the commentary this was, like, a, he said a real location, which to me, that doesn't mean set. But it's almost mm. got, like, that Star Wars Adobe vibe. And it's very chant here. He pours wine out of one of those metal, like, uh, cylinders that everybody drinks water out of now. You notice that? Fucking Chad. He took it to work with him, I think. He needs to get through him day. To get through his day. That's his mommy's little helper, if you know what I'm saying. Fucking it helps him on his way. Get him through his busy day. Very Chad. And she almost at, had, like, that food box that just pops food out. Like, she didn't really make the food. Did you notice that? That hamburger looks sad AF. I was going to comment on that. I'm glad you picked that out because he has, like, the plainest hamburger. And then he has some fries and some lima beans on the side. It literally looks like fucking he, uh, he basically, it looks like if they sold, like, hey, frozen uh, fucking, you know, uh, Burger King hamburgers, take it home, fucking uh, cook it in your microwave, that's what it would look like. 
Yeah, there was some, sad. there was some weird shit, and I still see them from time to time in the uh, the store. But back in the day, like the eighties, they came out with a line of foods called microwave magic, and they're like fully like everything. Like you, uh, you like a hamburger, like you just get it; it's on the bun already. And you're supposed to microwave that. How would you microwave the bun and meat evenly and all the toppings? You know what I mean? Fucking, you can't. They just, they just hope you fucking notice and take it out. Fucking, so don't get all hard and shit. Fucking biting into a rock hard fucking uh, bread on your hamburger. They, they, they hope that you're so like drunk or whatever at the time that you're eating it that you would not, you know, care really. Exactly. They don't even put the directions on. They're like, you're too drunk to be eating this already. You can't read this. And they also had a line of the Micromagic, I think it was, had, they had microwave milkshakes, which I never understood the point of. Like, I guess it's frozen hard, and you microwave it a little bit, and it becomes like a milkshake. Fucking shit. This, uh, look at that. How is this working? They, they're fucking, uh, their bathtub or whatever has the R2-D2 helmet that's on some of the trash cans. It's really weird. Yeah, th- th- this is why, like, I don't really know why the director said this was a real location. Um, maybe he meant the outside of the house, but he said it during the commentary when they're inside the house. But anyway, like, yeah, that's like the dishwasher, which is, like, bubbling up. Like, she starts it, and for some reason, like, she overloaded it so much, like, it bubbled up. But um, the director said, like, because him and the, the actor and the actress right here, he was, like, sitting, like, real close on these shots right here. And mm-hmm. the special effects guys, in order to make the bubbles come out, like, somehow they were, like, the air that they were using to pump through the machine was carbon monoxide. So <laughs> all three of them passed out, like, right there in those, in those like, bubbles and suds during one of the takes, the, the two actors and the director, like, and they're in, uh-huh. like... Yeah, like like they almost died. Like they got them out of there to get them some fresh air and revived all three of them. So, dog. But look, he was just doing. He was trying to do a sex with his sex bot, and the fucking the, the bubbles they made her short circuit. That is like fucking. That's the worst thing. See this. Uh, remember that episode of Twilight Zone where fucking uh Burgess Meredith. He he was a bookworm and fucking yep. like he. Yeah, the, the the end of the world happened. And he was like, "Oh, I got all this time to read these books." And then at the last uh, last minute, he drops his glasses and breaks them. Fucking, that's how they should have done this. Fucking like he uh, he like we don't find out she was a sex bot till the end. Imagine Twilight Zone. Whoa. Yeah, because they don't tell you right off the bat. You think she's just a wife that he's coming home to. Although exactly. she she is kind of devoid of personality. Like he's trying to tell her about all these like fascinating facts about science, and he asks her some questions, and she's just like she pretty much changes the answer because I guess she doesn't know or something. Yeah, man, she's basically just any woman, any yeah. woman. <laughs> we were gonna make some red pill jokes. We were gonna. This is yeah. basically the biggest red pill movie ever. Yeah, that's why we wanted to cover it because it's it's very decades ahead of its time because it is the the you know pr- really the, her whole AI her whole memory fits on that little tiny disc, disc figures yeah. fucking women fucking it, more red pill jokes. It's funny when you watch like old stuff. They thought all data was going to come on like CDs that were either giant or CDs that <clears> were like really small, like that fucking guy's forehead is a big big jab. He kind of looks like one of them, like, scientific guys who talks about ancient aliens and all that. Mm, hell yes. Look, they showed those. Those robots are from two other movies I read. They, uh, yeah, for, the for, uh, Forbidden, uh, what is it, Robbie the Robot or something? From Forbidden Planet and then Gort from uh, The Day the Earth. So, so. Now, I always thought this was weird. If you look at this schoolgirl sex bot, it looks like she's laying on, like, a table saw from, like, shop class. Mm. 
And then see, yeah. In this part of the movie, he comes and tells him like, "Oh, my my sex body got fucked up. I need a new one." So he's showing him all the new models because yeah. he's like, "Fucking, he's like, you don't got to fucking learn. I I don't got you know, like fucking fuck it. Just get a new model, baby. Let's check out these." And he's just going, "This is like the fucking future. I can't wait for fucking these big Stacy robots for to have sex with. I just can't wait." Like, if these sex spots, like, existed in real life right now, like, because right now we're kind of in the infancy of sex spot technology, how much do you think a sex spot that, like, convincingly looked like a real woman would cost? I'm thinking, like, at least, like, half a million dollars, probably. Probably. Those those fucking ones that look like shit fucking cost, like, a thousand bucks, and our boy fucking, uh, we got our boy fucking King Cobra getting people to buy them for him. Very Chad. Oh yeah, King uh, King Cobra JFS. He he got. Didn't he murder one of his sex dolls at one point though? He fucking uh, he went. <laughs> Did you ever watch that video? No, I heard about it though. It is so fucked up. Like, yeah, he at some point he does. He just like he breaks it and then he lies and says like, oh, I fucking I fucked it up and all this shit. And people were like. People were like sending messages to the guy that sent him this ex robot, like, look, dude, he's crazy. Like, he probably, like, in a fucking crazy drunken rage, just took a knife to it. Like, he's just crazy, bro. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's like, we don't know what he did. He's a fucking nutcase, baby. <laughs> no, like, this movie to this point, it's it's got this ludicrous plot of like a guy accidentally damaging his sex robot wife or whatever. But it, like it's it's still fairly like serious up until this point. Now at this point, you see where he works at this giant kind of Kafka esque uh, recycling plant. In the future, everybody's got to recycle all their electronics, I guess, because lack of materials or something. And this mm-hmm. is like the first time it starts getting wacky because we get introduced by his coworkers who are really strange guys. You know what I mean? The dude in the blue looks like Boulay Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he does. And the guy on or, the left, the or, guy on the left, Marshall Bell. You you know him real well. You just reviewed his film uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too. Fucking Jed, fucking Jed. He's he's like basically big concrete cock motherfucker. Like he played the coach, baby. Yeah. And I, yeah. And but yeah, like I was just gonna say too is like he doesn't actually like he looks more like fucking. It's like Quentin Tarantino looks like a, a scuffed bootleg version of him because there's something about Quentin Tarantino that looks very bootleg. He like the the guy in this movie. He also to me he looks like um like remember that guy that was in um oh uh, the Night of the Creeps that was working in the the, the laboratory and, mm. and and like they let the the slugs out of the freezer chamber or whatever and that guy came in with the clipboard. He looked like that guy too to me. Fucking, it, well, it could have been the same guy. It could I'm been. not sure. Well, he, well, here we go. Like now, we're getting introduced to more of the society of uh, what's going on here, and this is where it starts getting like very important to the, you know, like how, where is this plot going to go? Like the guy's depressed, his sex robot's irreplaceable because I guess it was an older model, and they can't just buy a new one. Like if he could find one that looked just like Cherry, he could put that little disc in there and, and bring her back to life. But nobody has it in stock. You know, he's got a. You know, the one guy was showing him a sex robot that he said you can't even have sex with. It just does your taxes. Remember that one? <laughs> Fucking, I would pay for that, too. I would pay for that, too. But they go, they go to this uh, bar called the Glue Goo Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what happens is, is men and women walk around and they have, like, these little memory cards. And they put them into, like, these little TVs. And I guess in the future, everybody records themselves having sex. So, like, this woman comes up to a... Our main character, uh, well, I guess we should say the main character's name is Sam Treadwell. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's like, here, look at my tape. And it's just her having, like, sex with this guy. But it's like a 3D, like, hologram, kind of. 
But it's easy. Yeah, and, and she's like, oh, see how good I have sex? Now let me see your, your card, you know? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't have a card right now. Because you know, he's just been having sex with his robot. Like, you don't, I don't think you really record it in the future when you have sex with a robot. You know what I mean? Like, like what's Same. the point? You think uh, incels, when they have, like, when they're black-pilled, you think this is the movie they're basing it on? Like, fucking, oh, yeah. in the future, they're going to fucking, women, like, the, you go into those incel, like, the incel 101 is, like, fucking this weird thing about how, like, fucking women own all the fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, bargaining power with uh, the sex and stuff. They they have all the bargaining power. We have none and they're fucking uh, so like basically that's literally what they just saw the fucking the woman and him she was like fucking uh see my card like uh, you gotta show me what you're what you can do baby fucking he, he it wasn't just a given and that's what they're afraid of that they're not gonna be the fucking the the, the pickings like the fucking the the, the big uh, fucking jaw uh, chads like our boy fucking uh robert zadar in this movie oh and that's yeah what he represents this he's got the big jaw chad yeah this movie definitely represent like they saw it coming it was a, another kind of uh, they saw it coming and uh, you know fucking uh it's imitating the art so it's already over with because it was quick but i wish that nightclub scene would have went on more because it had like a lot of satire into it but basically mm-hmm. what happens after you and your lady wow each other with your sex tapes you then like uh they they're like waiters at the nightclub but they're actually lawyers they come in and they write up a contract and that was actually our boy lawrence fishburne in one of his early roles playing the lawyer writing up a contract and he's got like a laptop and you, you know it's like you only like see it for like a split second so you can't really read it but i actually paused my uh blu-ray zach and I, t- I took a screenshot of that would you like me to read out what the sex contract says go for it i am excited Okay, number three, like you, I guess you can't see one and two, but number three, oral clause. If both mm-hmm. the male part and the female parts to agree, uh, two separate acts of an oral nature, one from column A, one from column B, may be performed in lieu of a simultaneous orgasm. Mm-hmm. In such a case, the male part must agree to devour the party of the female part for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That is Chad. And the female parts must agree to commute the party of the male part in its extended entirety until white stuff is released at the <laughs> core oh, base, yes. whichever white comes first. Stuff. And then this one gets cut off. You can't read the whole thing, but uh, clause number four in the contract says sexual fraud is a felony in the state of California. Any party mm-hmm. of any part of any party who is party to any party of any part or any party who is not invited <laughs> to the party caught misrepresenting their sexual preference, sexual statistics, or their actual sex or caught misrepresenting any image of any part of themselves engaging in any activity that they did not in the actuality actually actively wholly or partially activate a part of a party or any part is caught with or expired card may be subject to any number of bad things up to and including a life sentence of playing bad parts in bad place. Mm, (laughs) So if if you do a fraud on a sex contract, you got to become a theater actor. Chad. I I wonder if they thought anybody would ever pause it and read it. Never. Because you got to think back then there was just VHS and like it was hard to get like, you know, get a pause on like a screen. And if you did, it was like all blurry and wavy. You know what I mean? And it really says all that they had to have yeah, thought about. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it was just a total like you know, like you start reading it and it kind of uh, sounds like lawyer speak, but then like yeah, it just came. so I guess we should say jump ahead. Like our boy, um, 
you know, and like a lot of people, they they say he's an incel and that you know he's a, a what a, you know whatever a weak man and all this, but he actually dresses up like James Bond and he gets like weapons like handguns, uh, shotguns. He goes out to the desert to go hire a tracker to help him find a new sex robot. Mm-hmm. Here's and, here's big stud right here. Fucking yeah, look at that. There's two superstars of cult cinema in this because the girl behind the the counter, I never knew this because her hair's all covered up. But she's actually the the Stacy uh, girlfriend of Emilio Estevez and Repo Man that uh, you know shaves her head and becomes a punk rocker. Very Stacy. Yeah. I'm like the big concrete cock himself, Robert Zadar. His legs are spread. But we should say too, it was some of the best uh, futuristic set dressing. They put a uh, um, a cat, a, a live cat, house cat, into a uh, like a three gallon uh, jar of water. I mean, it was empty, but, you know, he's just trapped in that water bottle. He ain't ever going to be able to get it. Like, did they put him in there when he was a kitten or what? <laughs> How did he get in there? Exactly. Fucking the, who knows? One can only assume. But then, fucking, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, at the hotel, you just see, like, another guy just throw his broken sex spot out into the hallway. He's done with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's done coming in it. As you do, and then the fucking the, the jizz mopper comes and fucking cleans that shit out and disinfects it. But like we talked over, but that scene where he was just sitting by the phone or whatever, and his mm-hmm. wife was like, you know, unconscious, laying next to him. It's like you still got the sex bot. What's stopping you from just having sex with it? Yeah, it just it like fucking. He's like, oh, he's he's a real romantic. I think like he doesn't want to feel like he's having sex with a corpse or a fucking sleeping person. That's that's too incel shit. Fucking, he's big concrete cock. Yeah, he wants uh, his sex partner to have no consent, but still be looking at him with wide open eyes while he completes the act. Hell yes. And uh, basically the movie, it, it basically told us, right, that, that that little disc he has is basically his wife's, uh, or his love. Of, well, his yeah, robot, it, yeah. It, it, it's all her memories and stuff, so it's yeah. effectively her. So, like, at the end of the movie, when he completes his mission, that that's basically his wife, right? That, that's what the movie establishes. Yeah, it, it is her. Now, this that is funny, is too. Because <laughs> the ending of the movie is very red-pilled. Because he, red-pilled. he basically drops her and fucking gets with a bigger Stacy. <laughs> exactly. It's all about men's rights in the end. A man's exactly. right to choose. Now, we had the introduction of Melanie Griffith, and uh, depending on how dark or not dark your TV is, uh, somebody comes in and attacks him, and it's supposed to be Melanie Griffith in a hood, but it's a completely different person. And the director said was... it was a mistake, that the lab was supposed to like dim it down to where it was just a silhouette. That you, But he said, y'all, you can clearly see that's not Melanie Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought, yeah, when it showed her, I was like, I, something feels off, like, what? I didn't realize that's, but it just plainly showed the person, though. That's yeah, like it looked like an older lady, like or possibly even an Asian person or something, with like just like 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 scrunching their face up. They look nothing like Melanie Griffith, but it was oh, very man. odd. Yeah. What do you think of the Melanie Griffith? Amazing. I'm a big fan. I've I've talked about it. You know, part of the reason why I wanted to cover this show was I was talking about her uh, her past films, forgotten films, on a uh, a past podcast, and it was like I really went down the. Uh, the rabbit hole of Melanie Griffith, probably. Oh, geez, probably eight or nine months ago. I, I bought up. A, I actually bought up a bunch of her movies. I enjoy them. Dog, that movie I mentioned one time. Then and I was calling it uh, something. Uh, I forgot Arizona. I called, it, but it's crazy in Alabama. Okay. The movie she was in, and it had the meatloaf in there. And uh, fucking, I remember liking that as a kid. But it's been so long since I've seen it. 
And she was also in uh, Another Day in Paradise, which I, I like. Oh, That's yeah. Larry Clark. Larry Clark. I know. I'm such a boomer. I, I went to see that in the theater. I enjoyed it highly. Our boy James Woods. Larry. James now, Woods. There we had a silhouette of... Um, of Melanie Griffin's body, and if you notice, um, um, very uh, enlarged, swollen breast on that silhouette, that's because she actually came and filmed this movie two weeks after she gave birth to a child. She had big mommy milkers. Yeah, that's what was going on there. Beautiful. So uh, apparently, I, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to read this scene. Like, she's like the bounty hunter tracker that he can hire to take him to the sex spot. And like, for some reason, like, he doesn't like her. He doesn't hit it off with her. So he's like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to hire you. Her name is E. Johnson, by the way. I mistakenly called her Red when I was talking about this this uh, show but, or this movie on a past episode. But there's a there's a character who doesn't know who she is calls her Red because of her hair. But that's not her name. Her name is E. Johnson. You think she's got red pubes? Uh, I mean, I don't know how to answer that because I know Melanie Griffin doesn't really have red hair. But I mean, if if we're if, e, if we're talking about E. Johnson the character, I would say so. You fucking reminded me that she doesn't really have red hair, and it took me out of the moment. Fucking, you, you reminded me that she doesn't really exist. It fucking broke Big Stacy. <laughs> it broke your immersion. So mm-hmm. he, he goes to the bar, which is like an Old West bar, but somehow, like, the director kept calling it the donut store, which oh. is weird, because, like, when he goes to talk to some bounty hunters, they are eating donuts. Like, they're not drinking whiskey or anything. They are eating donuts, so. Oh, yeah. Look, I got a call real quick. I'm going to take it real quick. No, wrong. You go go no, just keep going. Just mute your microphone if you can. Or just drop your microphone on the ground and walk away. Uh, yeah, so, like, basically... Uh, yeah, he, he, he orders a donut. So pretty much what happened, uh, we don't want to say it, but we think, we think that might be the phone call for Zach's new job. So if it is, uh, good luck, Zach. I hope you get the job, buddy. But anyway, like, yeah, so he didn't really like old E. Johnson. So he wants to go hire uh, Six Finger Jake, who's like the local legendary bounty hunter, tracker, uh, whatever you want to call it. So that's why he goes into this old-timey bar trying to find uh, Six Finger Jake. But instead, he uh, comes across, in an ironic twist of fate, our boy Brian James here. Who, if you people don't remember, Brian James actually played one of the robots in Blade Runner. Here, he's just playing an Old West kind of style bounty hunter. Um, this movie is pretty much a Western, I would say. Um, it's kind of weird. The futuristic city, like you don't, they don't really set it up right at the beginning. But later on, when they ask him where he's from, he tells people he's from Anaheim. So that city was supposed to be Anaheim. So he's in California. And then... Um, you know, they kind of make up um, fake town names for where he goes. Like, he passed through a place called Adobe Flats and some other places that are references to movies. But this town he's in right now is actually called Glory Hole, which is obviously a completely made a name. No town would ever, no self-respecting town would ever name themselves Glory Hole, um, you know, because of what a Glory Hole is. Yeah. Did you get the so, job, Zach? I'm sorry about the fucking, uh, it was a, a tow truck. Uh, fucking, oh. Basically, uh, today was a bad day, and fucking, I had to get my car towed, so they might call back. I might have to uh, mute it for a little bit and run real quick, but, but for right now, we're good. No problem. I was actually at the dentist today. I got my chip tooth fixed. Fucking Chad. See, fucking, you ain't going to get incel pilled. No, fucking, not at all. You, the fucking Stacys, they, they know you still got a big say in that fucking market. The, the fucking, the dating market, baby. 
my enamel is complete. After 20 years of having a chip in my tooth, I got it finally taken care of. And it was uh, completely sealed, the enamel sealed. No red pills are getting in my system. Exactly. This guy right here, who's he? he, he our boy was... our boy Brian James, I was saying he was in Blade Runner. He played one of the robots in that movie. He did. Big Chad. Big concrete, Probably. yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's also in the Forty Eight Hours films, both of them, and he gets that expanded role in Part Two. I won't ruin it for anybody out there, but oh, I was yeah. I was telling this town that there. Did you catch the name of this town? It's called Glory Hole. Hell yeah, that that I did. That's funny. Fucking the big big dick chads. They they all fucking red pill. They know the jokes to make. I, I was gonna bring up. <clears throat> is this a fucking uh, Brian James? Is that this character? Or is that later? Uh, no, this is Brian James, the guy with the bleached hair. I was gonna say his character name. Do you know what? It, did you notice what it is? I can't remember what it was. Stacy. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Stacy. He's the Stacy. See, they are laying in all the fucking red pill knowledge, all that knowledge. <laughs> I said knowledge. Oh. I am. I am tongue tied tonight, baby. That's Lolledge. okay. We all, we all have our. Uh... Our difficulties we need to overcome. See, that, low that's low T moments. Exactly. That's why I don't think this guy really is a low T incel because he actually like these two guys try to roll him. They have him at gunpoint, and he actually gets he beats them up and he gets away pretty quick. Yeah, he's a big concrete stud. <clears throat> but like, yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this whole part right here. Basically, does he not want to hire because like uh, at first he shops around, right? Yeah. Well, well, he, what was the deal? He he did he think like she was too Stacy to fucking like uh, try to like uh, he, I got to keep my cock on lockdown for my wife. Well, first of all, I think he got insulted because he, I mean it, it. It's not like he wandered into her house. It is an office. There's a sign outside. He knocked. He came in, you know, asking for E Johnson because he heard E Johnson was a good tracker. And then she mm-hmm. flips him upside down, does karate like he's an intruder. So that kind of pissed him off at first. And then when she took the whole, the hood off, he's like, "Oh, look at this, Stacy. She's she's not going to be able to, you know, exactly. find me a good sex rep." So I want to talk about the guy that plays Sam Treadwell. Mm-hmm. His name is David Andrews, and um, according to what, um, wow, he was actually. Uh, I mean, he just had a bit part, but he was an extra in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. But pretty, pr- pretty much, this is his like his main like leading role, whatever, like his debut. He had done some like small parts, extra work, whatever. But he was actually a theater actor, and then like he went on to make some more good genre movies. Because after Cherry Two Thousand, he was in. Uh, I don't know if you you might you might not like this movie, Zach, but I'm actually a fan of the uh, Stephen King kind of uh, inspired Graveyard Shift. You ever see that movie? A long time ago. Yeah. I don't remember a lot about it. Yeah, he plays the main character in that. And then after that, he just kind of had, um, uh, you know, supporting roles in a lot of, like, like big movies. Movies you all seen, but, like, Terminator 3, he played he played uh, Claire Dane's dad. But, you know, he only had a couple scenes or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a theater actor. And the Melly Griffin just being the wild child that she is and just coming up from the really from a child actor all the way up to this point uh apparently they 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 didn't their their styles clash they didn't get along too good while making the movie dog fucking very low t so the, these two main characters like they, they didn't really have this great sexual tension because no. i noticed while watching the movie this low t beta fucking is still trying to get to that stupid ass fucking <laughs> robot I know. when he 
he could be just macking on this big Stacy. And uh, at one point, they almost do a sex, and he fucking he doesn't do very he, he low. Well, what I was thinking too, because you know he comes from the city where you got to have all these contracts with women to have sex. So I kind of get like why in this the city he didn't want to go through all the contracts and it's, it takes all the romance out of it. But uh, I was thinking maybe the reason he didn't want to have sex with her is because she lives like out in the wasteland where there's no law and probably no doctors. Maybe she was afraid, uh, he, you know, she hadn't uh, had all her vaccination shots. Oh, yes. See, that was the thing, too, is because I had that fucking weird day with my car. I didn't get to rewatch this mm-hmm. uh, right before, but uh, like, luckily enough, I do. Yeah, this is one I saw, and I do fucking. The only thing I'm like kind of hazy on is kind of the the crew, the group of people that are chasing them. Fucking, mm-hmm. I kind of forget what they kind of were with where they came in. But I remember, yeah, I remember most of this sex pod stuff because the whole time I was watching it with a fucking rock hard erection, just like fucking either fuck the robot or fucking nail Melanie Griffith. I got a fucking boner, nothing to do with it. I mean, it's kind of his character is kind of win win either way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we should say she's got a really cool. I think it's. I think the director's. I can't remember. It's either a '65 or '67 Mustang, but it's real cool and it's kind of been retrofitted with a battery ram. And they needed that. There was a roadblock of like I don't know really what they were mutants, pirates, or whatever that they had to run through and shoot at and all that. So I mean, you know, like we're pretty much on a good adventure here already. Like you know, they're packed with guns in this car and everything. And, uh, yeah. like, pretty much right here is where, um, like, what are we at <clears throat> time-wise? Like 30 pretty, minutes. Okay, 30 minutes. This isn't a very long movie. It's a little uh, a little under 100 minutes. But, like, yeah, like, so you were saying you were a little hazy on who the people were. I've watched this movie many times. This is probably my th- well, this is probably my third time watching it in the last year. Like, it keeps growing and growing on me more and more. I liked it as a kid, but it's like... I would see it on Kiddo as a cable, and I was always kept bits and pieces of it, and I was like always kind of confused. Like, I never really got, like, what the setup was or why they were doing everything. Mm-hmm. But this part, you know, like, she takes a little nap, and he goes out, and he's going to eat some baby food or something out of a can. I don't know. And he sits, he sits on that wall, and he, he listens to recordings of uh, his sex robot talking to him and stuff from the past. I guess mm-hmm. it's her memory. But, see? uh my ultimate like euphoric like fucking the future is like basically we're we're kept as chattel men and we're we're milked oh, yeah. for our semen by oh, yeah. beautiful Stacys with these big mommy milkers, and like they do they probably feed us like very like like subsistence like fucking this stuff we need to survive like nothing good just like fucking put a little fucking bag over our head and make us eat like fucking ground up you know corn meal or something <laughs> yeah. or baby food fucking baby food. because. Because they fucking maybe, oh, we got all this baby, baby food because, like, fucking we don't want to have uh, kids anymore because kids suck. And fucking uh, we're just going to we're gonna milk you for your cummies and then we're not even going to use it for anything. That, that's uh, the ultimate. Like, the, the, that, that, that's the added benefit that they don't even want it for anything particularly. But, uh, you know, well, they're very chat. I was going to say with the premise of this movie, these sex robots everybody has um... – they never like show how they charge them. Like, what's the energy source? They never show them plugging into the wall. They never show them like changing batteries out of their backs or something like that. What do you think is powering these robots or these machines? What do you think they run on? I think they they must run on cum, fucking just like uh, just like our boys and the fucking the, the all of us in the fucking big cum universe. They'll know soon enough. 
it's coming. I mean, that sounds really far-fetched, but, the, uh, like, I was really trying to rack my brain, and I was even, you know, listening to the director's commentary earlier today, hoping he would tell me what the robots run on, but he never did, so that's the logical. See those snakes out, hanging out of that pipe? Did you ever notice those? I didn't. Yeah, when he's, on, when he's on the wall, there's just, like, a little pipe, like, uh, like kind of next to where his legs are, and they just filled them in with snakes just to kind of establish the theme that there's a lot of snakes out here in this desert and uh the the commentary the director did it with a, a film critic who who was like seemed like he was very uh, familiar with the director's uh, work mm-hmm. in fact they they spent a lot of time um talking about his next movie he made miracle mile which is actually very good too but uh either way like the the uh <laughs> The, the film critic guy said that 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 uh, that gave him nightmares as a child. Is that is that the the guy was sitting there and there were snakes in a pipe and he didn't know why the snakes were in the pipe and it frightened. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. how you remember movies and like certain things about him as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love that. Okay. Uh, one of the movies for, like that for me was Stroll 2. Like, I remember fucking the kid was in the back of the car and he said, Dad, pull over, I'm going to be sick. He started sweating green and it's fucking, they turned into weird monsters. And that scared me as a kid, even though it's so fucking terrible when you watch it as an adult. Amazing. You know what's insane? I was, I was such a boomer. And it, I remember when, like, whatever, I was in second grade, whatever, when the first Troll came out. And I remember being so excited about Troll and seeing it in Fangoria and getting my dad to see it. And, like, we sat in a theater, like, and, like, you know, like, we pretended, like, Troll was, like, a serious movie. And I went to school with my friend Terry. He really wanted to see Troll, but I don't think his parents would take him to see it. So we talked about Troll all the time. Like, Troll was, like, a major motion picture at one point in history. Fucking Chad. And and all it was was, like, a, a small person in a diaper. Exactly. Like fucking just hanging like, out. Yeah. Hanging out in a fucking apartment complex. <laughs> That's all it was. So, Turning okay, people into okay, plants. Okay, when you say you're hazy on who the people are, so they're like out in this wasteland and they, they were some binoculars across that ravine there. They saw some people like pretty much hijacking, hijacking a guy in his van, killing him, uh, you know, driving his like van over the cliff to blow up. I always thought that those people and these people they're going to encounter fight right now, I always thought those were just like random groups of bandits. That is actually the introduction to the main group that mm. is they're pretty much fighting with for the whole entire rest of this movie. That's all I was saying. We're 30 minutes in and we're meeting the group that's going to give them all the trouble, you know, all the, what do you call that? Like the protagonist and the antagonist or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So, but, but it's like, that's the only one little criticism is I felt like, because, you know, usually when you introduce the villains in a movie, like, you do a grand entrance of the villain, you explain who they are, like, their name, what they want. You don't just show people through binoculars, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, I remember something about, like, a, a little community, and it yeah. seemed like, were there robots living there? No. There, there's, okay. we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, but it's, it's yeah. basically a, a, a group of people who... On the surface, uh, surface. Um, I mean, I, I am like making up fake words today. My mouth does not work. Want to work at all? Mine too. Big gum. We are seeing too. We're like two women menstruating. I know your 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 car had to get towed. My tooth got fixed, and we're just like a couple blubbering whatevers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, so so this is all like Lester's gang, pretty much, or maybe this is like a whole another gang, but I don't think so. I think it's Lester's gang because. 
Actually, it is Lester's gang. So that's the name of the bad guy, Lester. But you don't see Lester yet. You don't. You, these are just all his minions. You don't really know who they are. You, you, you know, I'm so stupid too. Zach was uh, when I was watching this. I was like the other day. I was like, that's really cool how they painted the front of the car black and the rest of it is orange. And then like I, when I rewatched it with the commentary, I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. The black part is because it caught on fire when they were running a blockade. A Molotov oh. cocktail hit it. Oh. But it's pretty. It's a pretty Chad idea for uh, you know what I mean, uh, a paint job to have just the exactly. front part be black. That is, yeah, fucking basically the the part that matters. Fucking like you could be a white guy with a black dick. Fucking just huge cock, concrete cock. Fucking that'd be dang. Fucking like all you need is the black cock. Fucking as long as fucking the big chat shit basically. Well, they did black out with flat black paint uh, the hoods of cars back in the day, race cars, because it was supposed to be uh, when you're racing, you didn't want the reflection coming up and getting your eyes. But yeah, we saw Lester real quick there. He He's on a, like a remote control. Like he's just having sex all day with all these women in his compound. But he was on a remote control telling these guys out in the desert to, to blow up uh, E. Johnson and Sam Treadwell. Um for some reason, he hates trackers, and they don't really set that up correctly till later. But if you saw that he had like a little, almost mini poster in his bedroom that said "Death to Trackers," and that's the one thing that I'm never clear about because that's really where the conflict comes in. Is Lester has this community out in the wasteland where everybody lives this like weird, like idyllic, like 1950s looking life in these tents and shit. And, like, on the service, they're all clean. And, I, like, it's not like, even though the director said this was inspired by Mad Max, like, it's not the same aesthetic. These people, like, aren't poor. They're not dirty. They're not whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, whenever trackers come through. And, you know, in the context of our story, we understand the trackers there to help them get a sex robot. But we don't know what trackers really do most of the time. I mean, obviously, they help people get through the wasteland. But we don't really know why, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, again, the- that he got a fucking RPG just shot at their car. Yeah, the, this is the big action scene of the movie, and it pretty much showed up on all the posters in one form or another. They use a giant crane with a magnet to suck up her uh, Mustang, and it's just they're they're like moving it over a quarry, and and then once it gets like over to like the the you know whatever steep part of the quarry, they're going to drop it and kill them by dropping the car. But before mm-hmm. they're going to do that. Uh, uh, Sam Trebowell hangs out the side, shoots at everybody with his machine gun, and Melanie Griffith has RPGs. And, like, pretty much it's like an RPG fight. And it's impressive because they're blowing up entire mountains out here, like that one, like that big dirt mountain. Yeah. There's there's a couple of, like, kind of uh, action-y scenes. Like, the fucking, well, they're in a car and the pipe and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Fucking... Uh, did Roger Corbin have something to do with it? It seems like he probably would. No. It's... it's um what do you call it ed pressman our boy ed pressman see that's not surprising because usually roger corman is not as good as this movie yeah this is actually a pretty uh big budget movie uh there's different figures the director said it was somewhere around six to eight million um unfortunately with this movie um uh orion it just ended up being such a strange movie they didn't know how to market it so they kept uh, pushing back the release for a year and then finally isn't that funny (laughs) like it's a movie about a fucking sex doll, a guy that wants to fuck it. So he goes to like that's amazing. Like just that makes me want to watch. <laughs> well, and they didn't know how to market it. That's why when I saw it came up on Prime, I was like, oh, I know Zach's got Prime. Like I wanted to talk to you about it because I, I, I mean, it's probably the, the most unique and probably the best science fiction setup I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Mm. 
you know what? If they make it a sequel or a remake, they got to fucking cast Melanie Griffith's fucking uh, porn star uh, niece. Uh, fucking, uh, uh, fucking uh, I forget her name now. Her porn her star now. niece? <laughs> fucking, uh, I forget. Uh, it was going to be funny. I was going to say, oh, Janice Griffith. I okay. I don't remember if they both have Griffith. Or fucking Griffith. I, I don't remember. It might be a little different. But well, there's a joke in there somewhere. Actually, you can look this up, but in 2011, uh, Edward Pressman was thinking about remaking this film because it never got its proper release. It just got dumped out in a few theaters, and it became a big cult hit on HBO and video. But uh, Ed Pressman was saying, oh, you know, we might remake it and redo it, you know, for the modern age. And Melanie Griffin said, like, like yeah, I think that's a good idea, and you should get my uh, daughter, Dakota Johnson, to star as my role. Um, unfortunately that never happened and probably won't happen now because Dakota Johnson, like this is back when Dakota Johnson, like, I think only had a tiny bit part in like 21 jump street or something like that. But yeah. So is she, is she big now? Yeah. She's super big. Oh, is, oh, is she, uh, was she in the, that remake of Suspiria? Yes. Stacy. Stacy. And uh, basically what happened here was they, they the the guys in the crane, they were going to drop the car and, like, crush them, you know, by dropping the car, like, off a high-off cliff. But uh, uh, Melanie Griffin did some Stacy shit and climbed out onto the hood of the car and hooked up, a, like, a tow winch to the, to, the, to the crane thing so that, you know, they couldn't drop her. And, like, they tried, and then the car was dangling mm-hmm. by the, the winch, and they lowered themselves down this drain pipe. So, like, previously... I, I... I'm sorry, I, I keep noticing they keep alluding to holes like fucking the the Grand Canyon. They're kind of seeing these big holes. That's obviously representing the hole of the woman where we fucking we get we come from the birth. And like this hole, this is like a fucking basically. This is like the the car stuck to the winch, the water fucking trying to get it out. This is basically that fucking turd that just won't flush. Like fucking, it, like fucking, you you flush it and there's one turd that stays there. It's like what the fuck do you want, fucking that. Uh, and it's just like fucking like they're getting very five head with this movie. Did you or are you just joking about that or did you do research about the movie, Zach? I just completely made that up. All right, on the commentary, the the critic guy, like when they walk into the nightclub, like the door opens, like and like a like a hole opens up, and then this this where they get lowered into the pipe. The guy kept saying, "Oh, you know, there's all these uh, uh, vaginal um, secretions and uh, allegories here." And the director's, "Yes, yes, it, it's very phallic. It's very vaginal. This film, everything is intentionally sexual." So yeah, you actually with your joke there, you actually hit the theme of the movie on the head there. Oh yes, they're into it. They know. Fuck, see, he's got a gun. He's the yeah. cock. Exactly. Saving them from the fucking hole they just fell into. So yeah, but so they're... like when they were dangling over there, that was like some old ass salt mine. And they were saying that a lot of the places that they filmed out in the desert was uh, these highly radioactive places. Like John Wayne made a movie out there, and John Wayne and everybody on the crew died of cancer like four or five years later. So. You know, this was decades after that, but a lot of crew members were worried about going out there. But where they are now, where all that water happened, that was actually the Hoover Dam. And, uh, you know, obviously things are much different now. But back then, you could just, you know, get permission, go to the Hoover Dam. And they actually lowered uh, Melly Griffith and the actor. Um, they actually slid down that pipe. They were, like, when they were in the water there, that was, like, the actual aquifer. And, he was, and the director was saying, you know, normally you would shoot that, like, in a pool for the close-ups. And he's like, but this water was freezing. Like, yeah, they could have easily got hypothermia. You know what I mean? 
Exactly. You gotta fucking suffer for your art. Oh, I thought that was a bunch of boxes of fucking uh, VHS players and VCRs there. I got all excited. Yeah, they're toaster ovens. And um, yeah, this was now. This is even yet another different place. He said. He said. I believe this is like a gypsum mine or something like that. And that that was a real river right there. Like this is not a set. Like the like they. I mean, they brought the stuff in there, like the couches and everything, the toaster ovens that they sit in. But this is a real cave with the water running through it. And he was saying because this way it was closed down, I think at this time. But you know, because there had been a lot of mining there, that water and everything in there was very toxic. Fucking hell yeah, toxic Johnny Wan, toxic. Fucking remember that song? No, who did it? Was that Three Eleven? Something, some kind of shitty band my cousin liked. Interesting. <laughs> Chad. Now, here is the mysterious old cowboy. We have Ben Johnson, who uh, I always knew him as, like, the grandpa in uh, Red Dawn who gives the uh, who owns the sporting goods store on the edge of town and gives them the rifles and stuff when they escape town. But he was mm-hmm. actually a longtime um, uh, cowboy actor, you know, Western actor. And it's very fitting that they got him. And he actually, believe it or not, he was actually the highest paid actor on this uh, film. Chad. Very Chad. Fucking, uh, you know, uh, fucking Red Dawn, that actually was also a very Red Pill movie. Very oh, yeah. based in Red Pill. And when they made the remake, it, it was very, um, I don't know, it was, it was very low T. Fucking probably, probably. I've actually never seen the original. Oh, it, it's it's worth a watch. You got you got to see it. I highly, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I probably watched it like thirty times growing up. But especially when you watch it now, it's um, how do you say? You can never make a movie like that now because it very clearly paints other countries as bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He look, they are eating snake. He yeah. killed the snake. They are eating it. They are still in a dream, snake eater. Exactly. Now, now here, oh, look, yeah, Ben Johnson, look, he has no fingers. Did, did did they just find someone that really didn't, or does he uh, fucking? Did they have a stand-in, or was that an effect? Uh, it was. It was a, Ben Johnson has all his fingers. They got a stand-in to do those little shots. That's why the the rest of the time he's wearing the gloves because he in real life he has all his fingers. But this is where um, you know our main character Sam Treadwell he uh, he realizes that this is uh, you know six was it six finger Jake I think is the legendary exactly. character. Exactly. Yeah. He's like fucking you're six finger Jake and he, he looks like for a second that he's gonna beat the shit out of him. I thought they were gonna play on that. It's like, oh, we don't call on that to his face. Fucking Melanie Griffith says. And then he just beats the shit pulls his cock out and fucking smacks the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's like there's at some point one of these scenes, I think it's a little later on, but like like, you know, uh, Six Finger Jake here is real good friends with Melly Griffin and E. Johnson, and you wonder, like, what kind of relationship they have. But later on, like, at first I always thought it was supposed to be that uh, she was his daughter, but later on she says uncle. So they are related, but we don't technically know that at this point in the movie. What if they have one of those weird sex relationships, and he, he calls her daughter, she calls him uncle, and it's just fucking play acting, and it's like a, it's a platonic thing. That would that would make the main character who has sex with a robot be actually more normal. Exactly. I fucking he's getting cucked by Mr. Feeney, big Chad. Exactly. But you know, like it, it, you know, clearly it's set up here where um by the way, this this little cave is so awesome. I would love to live here. But um this movie is set up to be where like Mel, uh, Melanie Griffin's character E. Johnson is like very tough, 
very in charge and command and like you know like more capable in a lot of ways than the male lead but i don't know like i like i still see like the director really saw it as like he was the inferior character but i but i saw the main character you know i mean he's obviously on a journey don't get me wrong he's getting tougher but he never like really bitched out of anything or like i mean he kills a lot of people throughout the course of the movie like the guy that was uh running the crane he totally blew him away with that submachine gun so i mean Mm. he's not he's not that much of a cuck really even though he's supposed to be a cuck character exactly fucking he has the total fucking redemption at the end where he's he refuses to be a cuck anymore fucking he was a cuck but now no more he's like i ain't gonna simp for no fucking robot baby (laughs) No, but you see him in the beginning before his robot gets damaged. He's fully in charge of his life. And then where he is at the end, where you say he was uh, taking advantage of men's rights more in the beginning of the movie or at the end of the movie? I don't know. That's what's so great about this film. It's very red pilled and there's there's fucking layers of red pill, you know, uh, making her hair red to signify that was a great touch. It was funny because I was telling Trev about this because he was like, you know, roughly familiar with the movie, but he never seen it. Uh, He was surprised when I explained to him the concept. He always assumed, you know, because she's on the poster and everything with red hair. He always thought that uh, Melly Griffith was Cherry 2000. Did you ever make that mistake? Yeah, yeah, I always did. Yeah, it's very it's very kind of misleading title, don't you think? What's funny is if I knew the plot and knew Cherry 2000 and thought she was... I'm like, fucking Melanie Griffith is playing the sex bot? Fucking I am in. I would have watched it and I would have been let down that she wasn't Cherry 2000. Here we see Six Fingers Jake. Uh, like You can tell it here. His his boat that he rides the river on, it's actually a billboard with boat motors attached to it. Did you notice that? I didn't. Yeah, it's an old Marlboro uh, billboard, like uh, cut up and uh, all scratched up. And they were saying, you know, they filmed that for real, and they had two real donkeys on top, just riding on top of they as they rode around on that bite or that boat, I should say. Donkeys are cool. I like donkeys a lot, actually. They're big, fucking pointy ears. If I had a big backyard, I'd have a couple. I want a fucking a real goat, fucking just. I want to take pictures with my goat, fucking. Me too. Use them for black metal album covers. I've seen pictures of people that like keep them like as pets. And apparently one thing is you got to be careful where they, like, run around or whatever. Because uh, when they get to running around, they like to run and jump on cars. And they totally demolish cars, like total cars with dents and smashing in the windshields and shit. Figures that's the most fucking metal thing an animal could do. Destroy a car. It's kind of weird when my grandparents built what would, I guess, be their new house, like, back in, like, 1982. It was, it was in a, like, subdivision with, with houses, like, right next to it and everything. Their next door neighbor, their son and daughter had a pet goat that they, that they uh, kept, um, uh, what are chained up outside, and like yeah, it would eat beer cans and all this shit. It was weird. Like I don't think it lasted very long. I only saw it a couple times because they would like literally keep it tied up to like a stick. They didn't have like a, bar- I mean they didn't have a barn, but they didn't have a pin or nothing for it, and it would always get loose. Like I, I don't, I wonder what happened to that thing. Hell yeah. Here's now I'm having a fucking regained, you know, uh, memory. I remember being super fucking confused by uh, by this uh, section of the movie because he wakes up and he's uh, like with different characters. Yeah. And like the movie keeps going for a while. And at some point, 
like I rewound and I was like, I must be missing something. I don't remember how I got here. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, he's just uh, having a dream. But then they show up and he, it's not a dream. A uh-huh. Very confusing movie. Very confusing. Yeah, it's not choreographed well, but they basically get in a shootout with Lester's guys and somebody gets the drop on him and hits him, I think, with a rifle and knocks him out. And when he wakes up, he's in completely clean clothes. His hair is slick. He's at the Sky Ranch. And this is where the movie gets really strange. This lady comes up to him, and she claims to be his ex-girlfriend. And, I mean, I guess she is because he knows who she is. But the director was saying that like, he couldn't remember which way was which. But originally, this character was supposed to be his sister. And just through mm-hmm. like looping in the dialogue, they just made it his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Fucking, uh, if it was his sister, it would have made so much more of a big um, splash whenever they kissed right there. I know. And there's like one little shot where he said they claimed like he filmed like a year later with just some fake rocks in the back. It was just a close up of one of their faces. But so all the all these uh, sexy ladies who I guess are like a part of Lester's harem, uh, they were actually the uh, what do you call them? Hawaiian Tropics girls at the time. Hmm. They hired them to come out and be on the movie. Yeah. I would hire them to come out. Like a red pill moment. Base the ripple, but when you say this, like to me, like they're kind of like in. The, I guess these you would technically call these like they're not tents. They're like those yurt things or whatever, like those little hard tents. They call them yurts. I think that's what our boy Aaron uh, stayed in. Remember that time he told that story where he did an Airbnb in a yurt or something. Him and his girlfriend, and like they had a poop in a bag, and then he was trying to throw the bag of poop away, and then the he like the guy chased him like down the uh, road because he threw it in his trash can. Remember that story? I do. That yeah. was a great story. It was. Well, did you ever hear the story about Mac with an Airbnb? No. What happened him to him? And they were they were setting up for my our boys Lucas's wedding, and they stayed at one. And it was some lady who was like older and like uh, uh, like just like I think Mac says she was like really overweight and stuff. And apparently, like she kind of fucking she kind of did a me too thing to him. She kind of like manipulated him into thinking he had to have sex with her if they were yeah. going to stay the night. Even though really even though he paid money to stay there through Airbnb or whatever, <laughs> there was something weird that happened because he he was really he was talking about like fucking I didn't want to have sex with her. It was probably just he's fucking lying. We actually used her picture and put a ghoulies face on it for our ghoulies. I was going to ask you if that was the ghoulies because that ghoulie had some sexy long hair. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but like what was the situation that led to that photo like that lady was doing her me too and, and you guys thought it was funny so you just took a photo of it they were that was all they were just sitting there talking because <laughs> they're they're sitting talking on like the edge of a bed or something yeah. <laughs> very strange i never knew that was the background like i knew that was some kind of a heinous conquest of a max but i didn't know it was a <laughs> airbnb me too situation. so the lady i always thought it was just somebody roughly your guy's age it was an older woman huh it was. <laughs> wow very very, very stacy she knew how to fucking play our boy yeah big get time. that sex she had the she had the bigger upper hand she's fucking in the marketplace of sexes in that situation it was like mac was the cherry 2000 mm-hmm. i remember dude this character mm-hmm. the Fucking, uh, they find out he's one of the, uh, the, the, uh, what do they call the, the, uh, uh, like, uh, our girl, uh, Melanie Griffith. 
A tracker? Yeah. He's, he's a tracker. This guy that's dressed like a golfer, that was his cover, but he was really a tracker, and they, they captured him. Like I wanted to call him a trafficker. A trafficker. That's a way less uh, uh, happy-sounding thing. Like, fucking, good thing I didn't say that. Fucking, they are not a sex trafficker. Uh-huh. Exactly. That was kind of like the introduction to our main bad guy, Lester. Like, we technically saw him earlier, like, for two seconds on a, talking over a walkie-talkie phone, but we didn't know who he was at the time. But uh, that's played by the great Tim Thomerson, who is a really popular... Uh, stand-up comedian in the 1970s and he transitioned to acting he was in a lot of movies i think a lot of people know him as uh, i think his name was jack death in those trancer movies remember those i knew i recognized that motherfucker he's in a lot of stuff the last thing i can think of is he had a kind of small role in fear and love in las vegas i loved that guy when i was a kid uh just a bunch of movies he was in he always played uh, he also played the dad in the movie near dark which everybody loves but he just always played like a real kind of cool almost like California surfer type guy. But, uh, yeah, mm. he's really, they even do an interview with him uh, recently on the Blu-ray. It's, uh, he's, he's still, he's still going. He's, he's, you know, he's a little bit older, obviously with gray hair, but he's still mm. pretty much the same guy in that voice. He's got a really memorable voice too. Something about him always made me think like, he's like the bootleg Bruce Campbell. Well, yeah, but he's like, in all honesty, and I and I, I'm not like saying this just to be goofy or whatever. Like, I think actually Bruce Campbell kind of stole his shit from him. Probably, yeah. Because if you, because I mean, this guy was doing stand-up comedy. He kind of had that persona like since the '70s. And if you look at Bruce Campbell, like even in the first Evil Dead, he was like a glasses-wearing like nerd with a unibrow, and then he created the whole you know groovy baby bullshit lady like that was all an act people think oh that's bruce campbell he's so cool it's like nah not really exactly he stole our boys fucking thunder now you have to look real closely but sitting a couple seats down from lester you only get one or two little glimpses but there's a guy a younger guy sitting there and again they're all sitting with these goofy kind of i don't know 1950s button-up shirts and these hats you can't see them real too good now i think they already done show but that's our boy uh, i think his name is sasha jensen he was uh in uh, dazing infused and um uh he got killed by michael myers in part four he was having sex with the uh, large chest that uh stacy kathleen kimmott and then michael myers came and ruined the romantic evening and killed him oh. Oh yeah, I, I see him now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like like I saw this movie a couple of times before I I noticed it was him. It was just at the end when they're in Las Vegas, they show like one shot of him. He says something. Fucking the, uh, this is uh, a scene I remember. They kill this guy right here. Fucking very low T. It's it's very violent too. Yeah, fuck. I remember. Yeah, the 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 killing is like fucking kind of like uh, like cool. Like uh, if I remember right, the effect. Yeah, it's real cool. But the, uh, that's the thing about this movie is like it's it's very tongue in cheek, like goofy. Like you could like there's like big stretches of this movie where it almost you could think like it would be like a PG thirteen movie. But then mm-hmm. when it does have the very few violent parts, like they're actually pretty violent. Yeah, they make him put a bag on his head with a bullseye. Yeah, and then they fucking uh, tag him up to the wall and fucking shoot him right in the face. Like very, very mean. These guys fucking very yeah. low T. Well, first he teases like he's gonna shoot him with a gun, but then he gets to the bow and arrow, and like you actually see this. I mean, it's a great effect. I don't know if it's a dummy or what. We'll see when they pull it off. But he actually shoots an arrow right into the guy's head, 
in his yeah. face. It's, it's very brutal. Actually, all the people that I think about it, we'll see it later too. But all the people Lester kills in this movie, he shoots them right in the fucking face with different things. He's just that good at a shot too. Fucking yeah. most of the time, people don't do that. Fucking, it's the hardest part to hit. So they fucking. He might as well just be like fucking. He might as well have the chainsaw and the fucking uh, shotgun on his hand, very chad. Now, up until this point, everybody's acting all cheesy and happy-go-lucky. Like you get a little bit of a sinister vibe with this colony of people, but they're all telling you know our our, our main character Sam Trevor like, "Oh, you should stay here. Don't leave." You know his ex-girlfriend. Oh, you'll love it here. Don't leave. Stay here. Be one of us. And like this is the the time you know when Lester shoots that guy. Like nobody cares. Like they're all cheering him on. They think it's funny that the guy got shot in the face with an arrow. You know. And now what are they doing? The hokey pokey out by the pool now. That's their idea. It's it's very strange, like how murderous and evil they are. But like like all their you know their their kind of decor and their clothes and their their traditions and customs. They're they're like very weird nineteen fifties cornballs. You know what I mean. You think they are a cult? Oh yeah, most definitely. They're fucking. Uh, they're doing like the. They're one of those cult. Like, we should start a cult where like you fucking come and then you inject the cum in your veins and then like have sex and come again and like that cum is like fucking the life force. That would be cool. Well, that'd be some kind. Of, would you have like a toxic buildup though? Because I mean, I don't think you're supposed to put semen in your veins where the blood is. Fucking, we are we are gonna have to figure out how to make because that's where we get our powers from. Yeah, although mm. although what was his name, Nikki Six from Motley Crue? He said that they shot Jack Daniels into their veins. Fucking low T shit. That is pussy shit. <laughs> You're gonna fucking inject cum straight to the veins. He also said that they did vodka enemas to get drunker quicker. That fucking that that sounds like they just they're lying and they just wanted to fucking yeah. do butt stuff with each other. They just wanted to impress uh, Machine Gun Kelly, so he would come play in their movie. Probably, that's cool shit too. Doing butt shit with your with your buddies. <laughs> yeah, it's always a great time. <laughs> I mean, like imagine being like wanting to be drunk so bad that you're willing to like put a, a, a fucking enema of it soaked up your ass. Like, yeah. Apparently, women can uh, soak their uh, fucking tampon in alcohol and get really? drunk that way. I never I've heard, heard of that, that before. I heard of, oh, crazy. I heard of people cutting a hole in a watermelon and then pouring uh, a whole bottle of vodka in it, and then you let it sit for like a day or two. It soaks in, and then you slice it up and eat the watermelon. I'm just like, what's the point? Just drink it, you know? You just ruined a perfectly good fucking watermelon. That's exactly. just good. Put some salt on that shit. Oh, yeah. Spit the seeds out. Mm-hmm. Like fucking spitting the gum out. It all comes full circle. Now earlier in the movie where he or Sam Treadwell went to the Hotel Glory Hole, Robert Zadar was just lurking in the uh, the lobby, and then he turns out to be part of Lester's group. Was he's like I always got the weird they never explain it, but I always got the weird feeling that Robert Zadar had been like spying on him the whole movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But basically, Robert Zadar is basically a closet incel, and he doesn't want to come out and admit that he's not really a Chad because he's got that chin. So he's yeah. been watching this guy, thinking he could like get some Chad fucking you know stuff off of him, like learn the ropes, if you will. That was a great See, gag, gag, though. Right where... here, right here, the way they meet each other, and they don't they they don't say like, "How did I get here? Did you like fucking put me here after I got knocked out?" I was so confused watching this for the first time. <laughs> you thought he just woke up there. In I was dream. so lost. Yeah. 
But that's why I remember it because I had to fucking rewind it and watch it all over again. But it was great though because he punched Robert Zadar, they distracted him, and then punched him, and Zadar like fell down, like he got knocked out. But it was actually Melanie Griffin threw like a knife and stabbed him in the back. That's actually what made him fall. Fucking I. I'm probably desensitized to the point now where if I was going to have sex with Melanie Griffith, I would probably need her to do that for me to come. To put a knife in your back or what? Exactly. Fucking, I, I, we staged something where I get away and I'm running and she fucking catches me like that. Melanie Griffith is great. You ever see that movie Something Wild with her and Jeff Daniels, our boy Jeff Daniels? I don't think so. He plays like a nerd and she's just like... Like, she's dressed, like, really kind of weird, like, kind of overly hip and cool. He plays, like, a nerd that works at a bank or something. Or maybe he's mm-hmm. going to the bank to, like, put some money in, and he just meets her there. And, like, she's totally just like, oh, you want to get a hotel room and have sex and all this? And, like, he's married and everything, but, like, here's this, like, well-hung Stacy, you know, presenting herself. So, like, he gets involved with her, and then, like, he realizes, like, oh, I actually like this girl. I want to be with her. She's so exciting. But then it turns out she has, like, a psycho uh, ex-husband, Ray Liotta, and all this stuff. So he gets, like, roped in this. It's, it's kind of like this movie in terms of, like, just a nerd guy gets roped into a really big adventure. Fucking, she's been in some Stacey-ass shit. Remember, remember that fucking movie, Milk Money? Big oh, Stacey. yeah. They filmed that mm. in my hometown, yeah. Couldn't wait for Milk Money. I was like, because I remember, like, you know, seeing on the news, they're like, oh, Melanie Griffith is in town, Head Harris in town, film Milk Money. And then you go to see the movie, like, oh, cool to see Milk Money. It's, and uh, if people don't, aren't familiar with the film, it's a, a couple, like, uh, eight-year-old boys hire a prostitute to kind of have sex with their dad. That's amazing. <laughs> that literally is, like, fucking, we need, like, coming-of-age movies yeah. like that now. Like, we don't get shit like that anymore. <laughs> yeah i don't know what happened to the culture but like what happened now we're all about making these films for china like shang chi and mulan and you know we like everybody we're celebrating everybody else's culture but not the american culture where when you're eight years old you you save up your milk money from school to go buy a prostitute for your dad that's so fucking chad but you know I'm you mad- know you know what's awesome though is like melanie griffith like had no problem like going oh yeah i'll, I'll act in that movie oh yes <laughs> Because it's genius. Why would you? You see this? Did you see the shot of the kid? Look like he was peeing on the fire. He's holding the the hose like by his dick. He was he was cover those buildings look like tits. He was covering those tits in his white pee. I told you they are fucking. They know they're they're making all these movies, and they fucking they they try to make it look like we're coming up with these ideas, but it's fucking it's their propaganda. I think yeah. sweeping into our brains. I think so too. I was gonna say earlier during that dinner scene, Lester was like, "You know, I want to find me a Cherry 2000." He's showing Sam a picture of a Cherry 2000. He's like, "Do you know where I could get one of these?" I always thought that was weird. I was like, "Is he fucking with him? Like, he knows why he's really out in the desert?" <laughs> like, it made no sense because like Lester's there having sex with all the Hawaiian tropic girls, and like, what does he want a, a sex robot for? You know what I mean? He had the same picture he had too. Yeah. Like, the way he showed it, it seemed like it was just a picture of his wife, but I guess it could have just been a model picture. That's kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did he just find it in the guy's clothes when they knocked him out or whatever? It was, it just was weird. It's like you never really, I don't mm-hmm. know, like it, it, it's like Lester hates them and wants to track them and stop his quest to go get his sex robot, but you never really understand really why, or at least, I mean, I've watched this movie three times and I still haven't figured it out, but. Fucking, it's, you're not supposed to become, they work in mysterious ways. Yeah. <clears throat> So, See, somewhere there are people listening. Like, when are they going to explain this weird inside big cum joke? <laughs> yeah. there, there's no explanation. We don't even know what it means. Fucking, you are just like you have just as much of a clue as we do. 
Well, I was gonna, I was going to ask you at some point in his commentary because he's so in love with the robot and not real women, right? Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Is he a participant or a victim of the big cum industry? It's hard telling. Fucking, is there even a, uh, is there even a binary? There's some kind of gray area. We're all victims, baby. Fucking, in some way, we're all being led by the big brother with the cheese. Yep. Look, he's got that white stuff on his nose. That yep. fucking SpongeBob put on his nose when he's being a lifeguard. Little known fact, that actually is cum. It really? That they do just grind it up? Fucking, that is what those lifeguards use. Fucking, remember that show... Uh, salute your shorts. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You had UG. You had the white stuff on. It's just come. Fucking, it works well. It keeps the sun from sunburning your nose. I, f- I feel like pretty soon you and I will be starting a new podcast where we discuss our throat cancer. <laughs> we will be going frogs in our throat. Oh, or God. It's horrible. <laughs> where, where, where I'm from, it's because we've had wildfires, and it's just it, the air quality. Every day I wake up, the forecast is like, whatever, 90 degrees and smoke. And it's like, mm-hmm. it just fucking wrecks your throat over time. It gets scratchy. It gets dried out. You walk outside, you're like, who ripped this big-ass fucking vape cloud in Silent Hill? <laughs> Sick vape cloud. Yeah, it is like walking. I'm waiting to see one of those faceless Stacy nurses walking down the street. Now, he just wrecked the car because she was laying in his lap, and he finally realized how Stacy she was. Exactly. Now he's touching her boob. It's funny when they finally get romantic, he just immediately reaches for her breast. Like, there's no, like, uh, ice breaking, like, oh, let's kiss, and then I'll touch your boob. Like, no, he just starts holding boobs. It's like she had those big mommy milkers. That was, like, basically a fucking magnet. The whole yeah. t- uh, the entire cast was sitting there fucking thinking that. Like, not being crass or anything, but they probably had to have backup wardrobe for her. You know, mm-hmm. probably leaking all day, but um, but I guess the the main plot point here is that uh, he thought Cherry's chip has been lost when he got captured or whatever, or just like washed away or whatever. But they mm-hmm. actually found it. Uh, Six Finger Jake gave it to her, and she has the the little audio player in her back pocket. So at this point, he thinks you know he'll never be able to recover Cherry Two Thousand. So. Like, I couldn't tell if he was really falling in love with Melanie Griffith here or if it's just, like, she was there and, and he wasn't getting a sex robot. So, Well, they just got in that car wreck. And if we've seen that fucking movie crash, we know that that gives you a hell of a fucking thick boner. Oh, especially Spader. He got very eroticized when uh, he crashed. Oh, yeah. See, that thing they have that's playing the voice, that little recorder, mm-hmm. they're trying to make us think that's a quarter, but Big Com is stupid, and they that's just the same thing from fucking Critters that yeah. brings the bounty hunters to the, you know, and it fixes your house when you push that button at the end. That is true. <laughs> that little, it's like a, re, a remote control that opens a garage door or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's like kind of the conflict here is like it's almost like she doesn't really want him to get a sex robot back because she's kind of liking him too, and mm-hmm. you know he feels the way he feels. But uh, yeah, this is a good little action scene where the jeep full of guy, or actually it's a truck, I guess, comes and she just totally wipes them out with her like rifle. And look, she's got the big gun, the big phallic gun, and it's got the silence on her because she is uncircumcised. She's going to fucking kill them with that big uncircumcised cock. That's like what a real daddy does. Fucking these low-T betas that have been fucking modernized by American culture, they can't get in there and fuck you with that foreskin like the big chads can. Other than the foreskin part, that's actually pretty much exactly what the director said on the commentary. (laughs) (laughs) He said, here she comes with the big phallic rifle. Uncircumcised. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, like, and then the the guy when he in the truck when it flipped over because they shot it up, he threw a grenade and uh, I always every I don't know why every time I watch this movie, uh, Treadwell like dives for the grenade, you know. And, like, he's just grabbing it to throw it back at them to, like, get it away so it doesn't blow them in the car up. But every time I see it, I, for some reason, I think he's diving on the grenade, like, to save Melanie Griffith. But, no, he's like just... Like, fucking that idiot Whitehurst in uh, fucking Child's Play 3. Yeah. Fucking remember that? Remember when Whitehurst died for a bunch of fucking idiots? For a fucking doll? Because a doll threw a fucking grenade? And but... His instinct was to jump on it and fucking stop it with his body. Fucking asshole. My my whatever encounter with that was there's actually an issue of a G.I. Joe comic book, and it was about some old Sarge guy. Like I can't remember the context, but it was like some guy who was like old, and he was helping G.I. Joe with the mission. And uh, he had like some war flashback, and he had guilt that his friends died or whatever. So somebody throws a grenade at G.I. Joe, and the old guy dives on it to save everybody else. Well, it turns out the mm-hmm. grenade was a dud, but because he was old, he died of a heart attack anyway. Fucking amazing writing. Yeah, they do it. They fucking. They just when you think you got the story figured out, they throw in a fucking wrench to th- throw you all off. That's what good writing does. Now this is interesting here, where they drive out in the middle of the desert and they stop at this junky place. It's called Last Chance Brothel and Gas. Hell yeah. And is, what are they implying? Last chance, fucking. See, this is the incel. They always think they're always fearing that 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 they're never gonna find a woman. And fucking that. What if that last chance was the last chance, baby? Could be. You never know. So, so this being another one, another pick where it was solely my pick, uh, Zach, and I got you to watch a movie you weren't that familiar with. The first couple times we did that, it didn't work out, and then a couple times after that, you ended up liking the movies. What was your overall opinion of this movie right here? I thought it was a decent flick. Fucking yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun for what it is, baby. And like yeah, I remember the first time I I, I might have given it like a five the first time because yeah, it probably was like something just kind of tripped me up and stuff. But like yeah, I, I liked it a little bit more this time. Fucking, I give it at least a six. I mean, uh, it, it's got some cool uh, sections, baby. And fucking Melanie Griffith, Big Stacy. Big time. It's kind of weird because, like, I kind of felt that way. Like, like my my I guess perception of it changed every time I watch it because it's like, it's one of those movies where it's like it's very deceptive. Like, if you're just kind of flipping through and you just catch bits and pieces of it here and there, it seems like a movie with like no story that's never going anywhere. They're just going around to different places, different adventures, shits happening. But it's like you really have to sit down and watch the movie from beginning to end, and then you when you do that, the, like watching his entirety i guess you you realize actually how much the the lead character changes throughout the movie you know what i mean mm, yeah yeah they, they uh yeah they they meet up with these two guys and it's like oh yeah they're fucking she knows who they are but they end up double crossing them fucking yeah uh, yeah where the, the, the whole time where they fucking like even when she knew them fucking or like yeah like uh, i i that was one thing i, I noticed too yeah well, also, too, like this old guy, which the old guy at the gas station, he's another, uh, his name's Harry Carey Jr. He's actually a longtime uh, Western actor, and uh, his dad also was in Westerns. His dad, uh, Harry Carey Sr., I guess, he was uh, a big star of the, actually, the silent uh, films. That's how back, you know, way back uh, his family went. 
But did yeah. you say his name is Harry Carey Jr.? Jr., yeah. And I was like, is he related to the guy from the Chicago Cubs? But no. There's... That's like fucking, isn't that like the word they say? Like when somebody yeah. like uh, yeah, does something in like uh, Japanese like fucking sword fighting or something weird, yeah. It's like when Jap. I think it's when Japanese people like kill themselves, but it's 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 not really mm. called Harry Carey. It's called like you know a Japanese word that's similar, yeah. and, and then the Americans like adapted it to Harry Carey, exactly. like slang term, I guess you would say. You know what I mean? Hell yes. Our bo- our, bo- our boy Shang Chi would never commit Harry Carey. He's Chinese. He's too big dicked. Yeah. I think big yeah. dick. <laughs> I think Chad. so too. Big stud. So, she got she got the grease on her face there. Yeah. That reminded me. Uh, yeah, my car, like, I, I drove out of town. And then, like, fucking it just decided, like, uh, the thing that connects to, like, the fucking, uh, you know, uh, the little, uh, basically the stick shift thing, it fucking got undone. So, like, fucking I was trying to shift and it was just going all all crazy. And oh, fucking, the, the transmission slipped. Yeah, it was like that little thing slipped off, and I I looked under the hood, and it's like, yeah, I can see it. It came off, and then I tried to reach for it like an idiot, and I fucking burnt my. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I was like, I knew it might burn me too, but it was like I have nothing else to do. I don't want to fucking call a tow. I I gotta try at least, and I might have a big scar now. Oh, that Crazy sucks. Issue. Where did it burn you? Like on the side of your arm? Yeah, just forearm. Yeah, uh, maybe if you get some cream on it, baby, it will heal up. Fucking, I only use cum. I only use cum. Speaking of scars, uh, I think it was kind of a mistake, but, you know, early in the, way back in the beginning of the movie when he was having sex with uh, Cherry 2000 on Sosa, she had a big scar on the top of her shoulder that a robot probably shouldn't have. Yeah, fucking, you, you, like, maybe they uh, they thought of that. Maybe they were like, oh, we got to make it super realistic. Fucking, yeah. uh or fucking yeah, what do the robots have real synthetic skin that reacts like normal skin? Like if they get cut, would it fucking scar hmm. and heal? I don't know. When the repairman had her cut open, it just seemed like she was all wires and stuff. It didn't really seem bloody or that tissuey. You know what I mean? Exactly. When they were showing some of the models of the sex bots too, you could tell those were fucking. They look, you know, like robots, like mannequins, but like uh, fucking, uh, you know, the his cherry is very fucking human looking. Yeah. Maybe was... those are older models. Yeah, they could be. They could be. Or or they just like couldn't uh, hire a bunch of different actresses to play the models. That's what the director said. He said he thought it was corny <laughs> that everybody's like a wooden mannequin when they look through the bags. <laughs> You're talking about the scene where they look through the bags or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, yeah, this was a big mistake. <laughs> well, that's when the other guy with his big Chad energy should have told him that those are just the older models. Yeah. That's the so. 2003. Because this movie takes place in 2017. So yeah. it's fucking... The futuristic very- year 2017. They were very fucking close to how it actually is. The, only, the only thing they didn't predict right was who the president was in 2017. Exactly. Fucking. But you, you can't expect them all to do it. Fucking. You know what I thought of? Uh, seeing the, this sh- these shots of the helicopter flying around, it gave me flashbacks to fucking... Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Master Four next generation. Oh, when when the planes flying around, <laughs> when a plane, yeah. just they they leave on a plane out of nowhere. Yeah, and there's like people in suits. <laughs> oh, that was awesome! Like a guy just what is he sharecropping or dust cropping whatever, and he comes out and saves the girl. 
Exactly. Fucking that was a movie that tried to let us know it tried to blow the whistle on Big Con yeah. too. I just I just remember that. Every time I watch that movie, I kind of forget how it ends. I kind of forget that it has that weird ending where it's like, oh, the Illuminati shows up, and it's just like, every time I watch, it, I'm just like, why'd they do that? Well, I, I got to ask you a question because everybody, I like that movie actually quite a bit. I got to see it in the theater actually, but like everybody says, oh, that's just so ridiculous that the Illuminati show. Oh yeah, the Illuminati shows up. They're so powerful, the Illuminati. And I'm like, the point is, is that like the Texas Chainsaw family are so crazy and so like stupid and ignorant. Don't you think that was just like a weird pervert guy that was tricking them and saying, yeah, I work for the government and I want you to have a fear experiment. But everybody's like, no, that that's really the, like because the guy doesn't he like take his shirt off. And he's got like weird, like scarred up nipples and stuff. <laughs> yeah. What FBI guy is going to take his shirt off and have Hellraiser nipples on <laughs> Fucking, uh, I, I see. I was expecting some of the FBI were cooler than they seem. Yeah. Fucking. So I, wanna, I, I, I always uh, dreamed of finding an Agent Scully with pierced nipples and just oh, fucks yeah. me and with the uh, makes me. Uh, she straps on a fucking fake dick and makes me give her head. Oh, who wouldn't want that? But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I guess we should say what happened here in the plot was the old man that runs the gas station and brothel and then. Um, Randa, the younger girl with them, she wants to get out of here. She wants to go join Lester's gang. So to try to butter up the Lester, she uh, got on the CB radio and told him that they were there. So unfortunately, they double-crossed him, like you said, and they shot Ben Johnson in the back like the coward bitches they are. But it's okay because Randa's going to get her comeuppance right here too, ain't she, from Lester? Exactly. They shot Ben Johnson, and it's okay because he Ben Johnson. He ain't Johnson no more. He dead. Exactly. And now, they're fucking, yeah. now he's going to shoot her very low T. Well, what's funny is he shoots her right in the face, and they kind of do it off camera. Like, you see, you put the gun up to her face, and then you see cut, you know, shot of him and the gunshot. But they actually show her getting her face blasted off in the trailer of the movie. <laughs> like, like, it shows, like, a similar shot of him holding the gun, and when he pulls the trigger, blood sprays onto his face. And then it cuts to, like, a shot of her with a bloody face, like, falling into that big water puddle there that they have there. And the director, he didn't really explain why, but he said, oh, yeah, that, he says, if you watch the trailer, you can see her get shot in the face. But uh, we toned it down for the movie. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> did, did they or did they shoot it the other way around, thinking they would use the effect in the movie? But then, like, fucking that, they had to cut it down from an arm. Maybe like, oh, that'll sell really well in the fucking trailer. Fucking see, hey. see, that's that's what I thought. Like, oh, it must have been a ratings board thing. But he didn't say anything. Because this movie really has no nudity. I mean, you see kind of some side boob and stuff from Cherry early on in the Melly Griffith. But there's no outright nudity. Um, the You know, there's like a little bit of blood when people get shot and stuff. But it's not really a gory movie at all. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, it is it is rated R I guess because of the sexual content. So here here here's what inspired both uh, Resident Evil Three and uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. Hell yeah, that that fucking city got dusted. It got mm-hmm. dang to dust. Yeah, Las Vegas, yeah. and it's it's just all fooled up to uh, just like Resident Evil Three, which I actually watched the other night. But Resident Evil Three, uh, it's uh, the what do you call it? The sand blue, and somehow so much sand blue that it just covered up all the buildings. Just the very tops are sticking out in Las Vegas. Exactly. See, look, there this weird desert wasteland. We see these statues of the burlesque dancer. This mm-hmm. is when our boy Charlton Heston drives his fist into the ground and says, "You idiots!" Damn you! And we find out that fucking the whole time it was the burlesque dancers were, uh, it was Earth or something. Yeah. Very Chad. 
Big Jed. It truly became a planet of the burlesque. Exactly. I wouldn't live on that planet. Oh, I would too. Why not? Oh yeah. I I actually did a I actually did a stand up first time I did stand up comedy I led with a joke about that I said I said what well, you know who comes up with the ideas that it was written the Tim Burton remake came out of Planet of the Apes I said who comes up with these ideas for these movies Planet of the Apes open I said who's sitting around fantasizing about that being the ultimate place to go I was like why don't they make a movie called Planet of the Cock Hungry Whores That was my joke oh, yeah. I actually got a couple for for how amateurish in my first time doing stand up comedy I actually went over okay that's genius. Yeah. Fucking up big shit shit. Yeah. I could never try stand up comedy. I'm too too uh yeah, too scared. You too know scared. you know, I was I mean not that I was good at it, I was terrible at it, don't get me wrong. But I, I felt confident doing it. And then one time, because I used to always do stand up with sunglasses on. Because <laughs> people don't understand how bright the lights are, so I kinda just made it like a a goof, you know? And I wanna say the second or third time I did stand up, like I had a five minute set every time I did it. And um, uh, I, I like went up and like, you know, the guy introduced me and he handed me the microphone and I took the little whatever mic stand. I kind of moved out of the way and I was getting ready to say my first uh, my first joke. And somebody like he, I didn't really get heckled, but somebody like giggled and said something and it totally wiped out my brain. I couldn't think of any of my act. I couldn't talk. So I just I just ended up grabbing the stool and I I just kept repeating it over. I got ADHD. I got ADHD for like three and a half minutes till I finally got off stage. Awesome. <laughs> you said that to the microphone? Yeah, I just kept saying it over and over, and I was just like, it was weird though. Like I couldn't even explain what happened because like I, I wasn't nervous like walking onto the stage, and oh, I wasn't okay, like it, it wasn't like the guy heckled me and like it shook me. It was just like. It's like it got completely quiet, and then I heard a guy like giggle and laugh and say something, and I was just like, I lost every every joke that I had. I couldn't think of anything. It was weird. Yeah, that the similar thing happened whenever fucking I just I had to take that phone call. I was just like, fuck, that, that felt weird. I mean, fucking, you want to redo that? You want to rewind it off? <laughs> it threw me off. Yeah. Yeah, it's just strange. Very, very odd. Yeah, but now they're finding the the fucking his uh, cherry two thousand. They they snuck in to the, this is the only place they can find it. This is the only yeah like uh, the fucking the uh, warehouse. This was the warehouse just, of sex robots. Yeah, there's one particular uh, version left over of that particular model. Fucking, you already have her her AI. What does it matter if she looks the same? That's what I wonder. Like, they didn't really address that. Could he? Could he just put that chip into like a, a more modern sex robot that looked like a different girl? And it, it would still have her personality. Just you would have to adapt to it being a different look. You know what I mean? That's what's so funny about the ending is it's like they kind of play it off like, oh, now like he turns around and picks up fucking Melanie Griffith because she he fell fell in love with her. She's like, what what about her? It's like fucking she's just a robot. And he he yeah. sees that now, but it's it's funny because well no, technically it is your wife because it is the yeah. same disc. <laughs> so from from what his wife knows, she, they were just hanging out and then all of a sudden they're here and then he leaves them. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny to me. I, <laughs> Well, the best part is to get rid of her. He says, hey, Cherry, go find me a Pepsi. And she's like, okay. And she just starts wandering around the desert like she's going to find a Pepsi out there. Pepsi? But she, but like, <laughs> even when he gets in the plane and flies away, she's not even upset. 
It's almost like uh, the, those uh, kid dog movies where it's like, oh, fucking take you the dog out. Fucking, I don't want you anymore. And they try to fucking throw the stick and they yeah, yeah. leave. Go. <laughs> I said go. I don't even want you anymore. Mm. And it's all sad and shit. Fucking, they always do that in movies. It's basically that. Fucking, he 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 basically did the fucking uh the uh, uh what, what was that band the suicidal tendencies thing. Fucking, yeah. just give me a Pepsi. Just give me a Pepsi. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I want. I actually saw suicide. I don't know if it's like a T-shirt you can buy or just some art they were posting, but somebody did like a real cool uh picture of the like a skeleton wearing like the flannel shirt and the the flipped up baseball hat and bandana. It was suicidal tendencies, like poster or logo, and the, the skeleton was holding a can of Pepsi. <laughs> Fucking Chad. Fucking product placement in our logo. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, like he finally going through the warehouse with all these girls in bags or whatever. He finds a um, a Cherry 2000. He puts a little disc in between her ear. Like, there's, I guess there's a little slot back there. Like, again, like, who knows how many years she's been, like, hiding in this, like, whatever, you know, storing in this way. Which, which like, if this is where all the, the cool leftover sex robots are in this graveyard or whatever, well, how come more people haven't come and raided this yet? Shouldn't this be technically this place and the, the merchandise side be worth, like, millions of dollars? This is a post-nut clarity type of utopia. They don't fucking, they don't have cum brain anymore. They think rationally. They're like, I don't fucking need... That fucking say it's basically what happens after you nut, but they just haven't nutted. Like they yeah. just have that post nut clarity already. It's a new breed of human. Did so, you notice whenever they came up and found her hanging there? Though, uh, did, w- w- am I wrong or was it not like a, a fake person hanging there at first, and then they put her in the clothes, or or, or w- did I just see that wrong and it was her the whole time? I think it was her the whole time. Oh, okay, okay. But there was another one that they zipped open that looked like her too. But then he's like, "No, that's not it." And he went found it. So I was like, "What?" Like I thought that was her, but no. What if? Went. What if while when he got there, he he decided, you know what? I'm here. I can see all the new models. I'll go for the upgrade. I'll get the Cherry 2017 model. What's yeah. different about this one? Oh, it's got bitter, bigger mommy milkers, customizable yeah. genitalia. Fucking, you can strap on a real cock and, and you fucking get fucked, uh, pegged all day. And it actually comes. Fucking, it has a mechanism that shoots cum. Did you, uh, at last night at the Met Gala, do you remember that girl? I guess she was a model and then she was in a bunch of movies for a while. Her name's like, uh, Cara DeVilleen or whatever. And she's like, she's like this kind of skinny, big guy girl. Mm. And she's like a lesbian. But, uh, anyway, she showed up at the Met Gala and her outfit was like pretty much like her top was like a bulletproof vest. This, that was white, and it said "Peg the Patriarchy" on the front of it. <laughs> Fucking Stacy. Fucking Stacy. She she telling us how to do it. She telling us we gotta fuck the shit out of the patriarchy. Hell yeah. And then after that, our girl AOC showed up with an all white dress that in graffiti letters on the back said "Tax the Rich." But Fucking. it was yeah. There she goes. But there it, she goes. We 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 still. I'm still holding out for that AOC OnlyFans account. Oh, it's got to happen. But, I mean, that was already, like, 20, 30 minutes when she showed up with Tax the Rich. That was already after Cara Delevingne <laughs> stole the show and um, the the Peg the Patriarchy Bulletproof Fest. You know what's fucking ironic, too, is if neither of those happened, I wouldn't even know what the fucking gala thing is. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember when I was hearing about it, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I mean, it's about fashion. Fucking uh, that—that's why I didn't know. Fucking there you go. 
So our boy Treadwell actually shot Lester and he fell through the skylight glass window, but he's still going even though he got shot like 20 times with a machine gun. He, he him uh, around seeing him around that uh, fucking uh, you know the uh, helicopter and him with that crazy hair. I thought of the the, the zombie from Dawn of the Dead that gets the top of his head cut. Oh off. yeah, the the blonde zombie. With by by the way, just for clarity, Zach keeps saying helicopter. It's actually an airplane, like a little old, bad, old prop propeller bad. airplane. Yeah, that's what I fucking I was thinking of the movie fucking. No, see, look there, genie in a bottle. You mm. think if we rub that fucking a giant ass Stacy ass, we're seeing Aguilera come out? Oh, I would hope so. So basically, Walking what happened was the little plane was too heavy with all three of the men, and I guess those robots are heavier than we thought. So uh, Melanie Griffin said, you know, like basically, like she, like especially after her uncle Six Finger Jake got killed, she's like, I gotta, you know, it's, it's like her code of honor. She's got to finish the job, and like. You know, uh, Treadwell was even like, we don't have to go through with this. You know, I don't care, whatever. And she's like, no. She's like, the only way it will make sense with me if I complete the job. So she actually jumps out of the uh, the, the the airplane so they can escape. And, and then she's going to go basically have a gunfight to the death. It's like, she don't even care that she's probably going to die. You know what I mean? Stacy. Big Stacy. And then this is where our boy decides he he, he likes fucking her better than the fucking robot yeah and like you know what'd be funny is if at the end he gets her and it's like fucking oh yeah fucking like uh, he takes her back home and like fucking yeah, she bites like her her pussy bites his dick off and oh. fucking like oh yeah fuck. we find out that that's why he was uh, six finger fucking uh her uncle whatever fucking mm-hmm. uh, he stuck his finger up there fucking very chad that would be cool like teeth exactly they could have predated it I was going to say, I always thought it was funny when, you know, before they do the whole gimmick of, all oh, the plane's too heavy. I always thought it was like they were going to fly off, and then he was going to get with her anyway, and then Cherry was just going to become, like, the maid of the house. The original ending was actually, like, he realizes that it, it's just a little bit over the weight limit, and basically, we got to get rid of that weight, by it's it's in his it's in his balls. He's got to drain okay. his gum, so they got to have sex in the air. He shoots it, like, out the window, and that makes the plane lighter. They may. I think they were originally. They wanted them to. Just, he wanted him to have sex one last time before he dumps his wife, basically, because it was yeah. it was very red pilled. And then he was like, "Fucking, I'm go, I'm going to take the red pill. You know, I'm I'm going with the real Stacy, the red pill." And he takes fucking our girl Janice right here. Mm-hmm. I called her Janice, like the porn star <laughs> Janice. Does, does uh, what's her name? Janice what? Janice Griffith. Okay, uh, but uh, th- that shot was very cinematic when uh, Melanie Griffith looked up and saw that, uh, you know, he was coming back with her. She had like the realization that like, mm-hmm. she she knows like, oh my fucking uh, Stacy ass tricks worked on them, I'm a fucking sucker. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking you know uh, trick him into fucking putting up with my uh, bullshit fucking. Uh, because uh, uh, you know, fucking this movie is very much about fucking the man's plight. It's a man's man movie. Uh, it turns out Janice Griffith looks a lot more like Jessica Alba than she does Melanie Griffith. So, fucking, uh, the, it, I don't know, baby. Fucking, the, they are related somehow. Mm-hmm. Very Stacy. And there's a TMZ article about her that she got thrown off a roof completely naked. Janice Griffith. Fucking Stacy. Yeah. The, this guy threw her off the roof of a Hollywood Hills mansion into a pool, and she broke her foot in the process. They actually have <laughs> pictures of it. It's crazy, dude. 
What a low T beta. See, he thought he, that guy's friend zoned totally. Beta. So yeah, so while uh, they were making their getaway in the the airplane, uh, old Tim Thomerson threw a grappling hook and and hung off the side of the plane, but then he just got smacked into the burlesque statues. Here's here, here's our boy Sasha Jensen. Uh, you can see here. Well, he, he just came and went, but he's there. Fucking men named Sasha. That's very cool. Like you could you could be like basically hide in the closet that you're gay and just, well my fiance Sasha and people will never know unless they meet your fiance Sasha. I was gonna say I th- I think he is too, but I think most guys named Sasha are like Russian or Hungarian or something. Exactly. You know those Hungarian guys are hung. Yeah, I always I always liked that guy. I thought he was a good actor. He's also was in the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Fucking, that's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I think I've seen the movie like maybe twice. I saw the show a lot more. Yeah, I've, I've seen, well, you know, I've seen like, I think the first four seasons of the show, but I've seen the movie about probably five or six times. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking, there's Robert Zadar's credit, Chet. Mm-hmm. Big Chad name. Basically, we should just change it from Chad to Chet. Actually, our boy Sasha Jensen went to high school with Adam Carolla. That's interesting. I never knew that. Hell yes. And it, oh. sa- it says early in his career, he primarily did stunt work, which makes sense because when he was sitting around the dinner table earlier, the director said, oh, all these guys are stunt guys. And I was like, yeah, that's not true. This guy's, but I, oh, he was, he did stunt back then. Fucking they used to hang out, him and Adam, fucking uh, Adam Carroll's fucking uh, dad, he ran the granola factory. He's the founder and they, they used to fucking hang out and all there that is. shit. They became good friends. I was going to tell you, Zach, uh, did you notice on the last shot of the movie, like when they flew the plane away into the sunset, they showed the the donkey of uh, Six Finger Jake out in the desert by itself? Fucking what are they implying? I thought it was a good, uh, uh, what do you call it? Oh, shit, what do you call it? A a good kind of like callback, kind of. Fucking a nod. Yeah. Maybe fucking our boy four finger, uh, four finger, whatever his name is. Maybe yeah. he's up in that fucking big, beautiful uh, fucking cave in the sky, just fucking jerking it with those four fingers. <laughs> he could be, could be. I was, I was looking at the credits. A lot of uh, people, uh, Greg Canham, great Greg Canham, did all kinds of great uh, award-winning uh, work on the special effects, and also one of the other uh, special effects assistants was our boy Kevin Yeager, and he was the guy who took over Freddy Krueger for Nightmare on Elm Street too. Chad, fucking it, it all comes full circle. How did you find out that uh, Freddy Krueger was working at a restaurant as a chef right now? <laughs> yeah, I figured you were talking about the Freddy uh, <laughs> the Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> like, we probably did forget to count down on that one. That yeah. one, well, we had to pause it and stop it a couple times. There was some weird, funky shit going on. Big Con was definitely having a field day. I like when Mac was talking about watching it on Peacock at the gym. <laughs> Exactly. Fucking that. Big cum, Beacock. See, they, they put, they, they're letting us know. Fucking, okay. uh, they don't fucking hide it. It's all in plain sight. I only got about 20 minutes into that episode. Uh, is he is he working at the uh, the restaurant with the chef's hat just so he can tell people, help yourself, fucker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I basically just came up with that. Yeah. 
I didn't even mention that in the podcast, but like I was trying to think of something to put on it. That's what I came up with. Because he actually, I I, I didn't know if you were referencing it or if you remember it, but he actually does dress up like a chef in part five, if you remember. He does, yeah. I was thinking like, fucking, I could just use that picture from part five, but then people will just think I fucking, I'm a noob and I fucking accidentally used a picture from part five. Well, I love the picture you used because in it, like, I just get the feeling that he's almost portrayed by a, a, a Indian gentleman. And he's he's smoking a doobie, so it's like how you got Freddy's face on that guy's face, and then placed the doobie in front of his mouth. It was impressive to me. Fucking, he, it, luckily it was a picture of a, a cook doing that fucking like. Oh yeah, like when kiss. they when they yeah. kissed her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they kissed the yeah. Fucking, I'm such a fucking low T stoner. That's the shit that makes me laugh. I was going to ask you who was the guy in the suit walking around in the background. Yeah, I, just, I, I I didn't want it to look like an empty place. Like, fucking, yeah. oh, help yourself, fuckers. So I, I put some customers in there. Hell yeah. Okay. For a second, I and, thought it was supposed to be a picture of a young Christopher Nolan. Hell yes. <laughs> so I, I, then, I, I. Oh, no. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was just going to. The fucking uh, the help yourself, fucker. It's all rainbow colored. And I didn't even yeah. realize it until after. It was like, oh, it's the gay movie. I should have yeah. made it the rainbow colored. But uh, I was like, oh, I'm, it's already done. I'm fun. I'm finished with it. I always push back. Me, me and uh, Trevor got in a big debate one time. He was saying, oh, the subtext is that the guy's gay. And I was like, I was like no, it's not. You, you can't have the subtext. And he's like, the subtext. He's like, not the main text, the subtext. But, I, but my argument is like, you can't have a subtext that directly contradicts the regular text of the film because the regular text of the film he cannot defeat freddy at the end unless he actually is in love with that woman you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah like do you, i i was saying on the commentary i think the guy fucking it, it ended up being in there and he just went he rolled with it like fucking yeah. i meant to do that i, I don't yeah i don't think so at all because you know and everybody says all oh, the gay the gay bar that's in. i was like there's no gay bar in it there there's like a a fake leather bar in it now if now if you want to see a, a real true to life leather bar yeah go watch cruising because uh what was his name uh freaking shot in a real leather bar and all those guys were you know real actual uh, gay men wearing the leather and all that. But if you look at the one in fucking uh, Freddy 2, there's women in there dressed in leather. Bob mm-hmm. Shea is dressed in leather as the bartender. Like, it's very, like, phony, fake, you know what I mean? Like, movie world bullshit, you know what I mean? Exactly. The Jack Shoulder and all the cast say, like, we didn't notice it while we were making it. I think fucking, I think the the writer's the same way. He's just kind of being opportunistic. I could be wrong, though. I was going to ask you, like, did you uncover some info on that? Because you said that when they shot that one shower scene with Freddie, it was because they didn't want to pay Robert England. I heard them, like, kind of covered up with a different story, say he was busy doing something else or he couldn't be there that night. But I didn't really know. Was there really a salary dispute for Robert England that they thought they could replace him? That's what I I think. Of. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jack Shoulder told that story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Fucking, there is a picture of the uh, the guy they originally got fucking uh, of them on set, and he he looks like fucking he he kind of looks like Bootleg Super Freddy from Part Five. Yeah, because when he waddles into the uh, the shower scene, like that's like the one shot that's left in the movie. Like you can so it's so like it's kind of creepy, like menacing the way he walks in. It's weird, um, but it, you can tell it's not Robert England at all, and it, it's kind of funny too because I, I remember that vividly because. 
I mean, I do it all the time now when I have to go to the movies. But when I was a kid, I couldn't make it through any movie without having to pee. I'd drink a giant soda. It wouldn't matter. And the Freddy 2 was the one movie where halfway through, I was like, damn, I got to go piss. So I went and ran. Uh, I think I went and ran, like, when he was in the leather bar. And then, like, I remember walking into the theater, and it was, like, the days when movie theaters didn't have, like, the lights on the, on the, uh, the aisles. So it was, like, really dark, and I was, like, kind of going through. And I remember walking in and seeing that scene of the guy waddling through the shower, and I was like, ooh, this, like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> like well, that's funny, but uh, subconsciously there's something about him that's off. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> like, weird. I was, like... I was like, did I walk into the right movie? Like, it was strange. It was like, what, like, what happened? Like, what did I miss? You know what I mean? I was like, did something happen? I didn't really. Yeah, if, if you watch the part where he actually cuts the coach's back, I'm pretty sure that's the stand-in guy yeah. too. Yeah. He looks a little weird. Yeah, it does. But uh, just to wrap up for Cherry 2000, yeah, man, like, like this is a movie like I like I've been wanting to get into for a while because I just had little. It, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but it's like. When I saw it on cable as a kid, like with my, you know, my, I don't know how old I would have been when this came out, probably 10, 11, something, when I saw it on cable, and it was like always a movie that like, I could tell there was something like, like offbeat and weird about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it just, it always seemed strange and like, you know, I, I, I saw it, I don't know, maybe about 15 years ago and then it was on cable like a year or so ago. And I uh, watched a little bit before me and Trev did that episode. I think it was our underrated 80s movies or lost 80s movies, something like that. And I watched it and I was like, oh, that's really good. I got to get the Blu-ray. So I tracked down the Blu-ray yeah, and just watched it a couple times. And I don't know. It's just one of those movies. Like, it's just like, it's one of those movies, like, uh, it's kind of fun just to hang out, relax and watch. And uh, Melanie Griffith's awesome in it. I mean, she really is. I can't, I can't say anything better about it. But it, what I like about it, too, is, like, she's, like, an awesome kick-ass lady action hero in it. But it's not, like, the modern mold where they do it and they make the lady real unlikable. It's like, no, she's actually really down-to-earth and cool in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do they do that a lot nowadays? Oh, Don't yeah. They, they make... They make it, like for a lot, yeah, like especially the superhero movies, they like they they make the women the what you know the whatever lead, and like they're so like like they don't get along with anybody. You know what I mean? They're like constantly yeah. arguing and talking down to people. Like you see, like the Captain Marvel movie, which I thought was an okay movie overall. Don't get me wrong, but it's like Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson. He's like always poised as like the cool guy of Marvel comic movies, you know. And he meets Captain Marvel like right away in it, and she's like just talking down to him and just like, you know, being like, Oh, you're such an old dork or Oh, you're such a, Oh, you know? And like, he's trying to like, kind of, you know, get a rapport going with her and saying like, Hey, you a bad motherfucker and all that kind of shit. And she's just like, Oh, please. Oh, oh, oh. And, and, uh, and then it's like, you know, she has all these powers and all this shit of like shooting lasers out of her hand. And then she's you like, know oh. what, you know, what would be fucking genius is if they fucking, they make the girls unlikable because they already know all the fucking everybody. Most people are just like, fucking, oh, yeah, whatever. Fucking, they know to make them unlikable because then all the fucking, uh, the neck beards that are fucking, yeah. they get really pissed. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, they fucking, uh, somehow, like, uh, maybe their tears, like, fucking, uh, like, fund the movies or something. Maybe yeah. it's like, fucking, the, the fucking, uh, the, the neck beard tears. The fucking, we gotta get the neck beard tears. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they're going for, but it's like by the end of that movie, and they even have, uh, you know, they set up Captain Marvel. She she had a friend, another lady who was a, a test pilot in the Air Force. They were like the whatever test 
I don't know, Air Force test pilot's first female, whatever. And then she's like, she mm-hmm. disappears for five years, and then she comes back with all these alien powers and shit. And, like, she meets, like, her best friend, and, like, even they don't have any rapport. <laughs> They're just like... <laughs> it's just like, you know, yeah. like, what do you do with that? Whereas, like, this movie, I feel like, you know... Yeah, they introduce Melanie Griffith. Like she's kind of badass, and she's kind of at first she's like a little like like okay, like I think it's weird you want to get your sex robot back, but if you're paying me, I'll do whatever. But as the movie mm-hmm. like goes on and the guy falls in love with her, like as an audience, you kind of fall in love with her too. Or then you're like, yeah, she's like a badass woman, you know? She don't she's not afraid of anything. She kills all these guys, does whatever, you know. So I really like her character. I, I would have liked to seen her do more roles like this for sure. Jerry. 2021 exactly make it happen make Big it gum you listening they'd have to do that thing where it's like to upgrade it somehow it would be cherry 3000 well, yeah well, <laughs> they can they can even do that thing they can make her really unlikable just just make the movie fucking you can get all the fucking the yeah. tears you want yeah i'm trying, well, I'm trying to think she's like i can Maybe Melanie Griffith would be like, I can't be unlikable. Fucking, I'm too likable. And then it just, it's a dank anyway. Well, apparently the guy who played the lead didn't like her. <laughs> fucking. See, that's because the movie was calling him out as being a beta. Yeah. And fucking, uh, that finds his chadness later. He really didn't have that foresight in real yeah. life. Yeah, it's funny too because like the director talks about on the commentary how the whole movie is about the guy getting emasculated, but. Trust me, that that character didn't get nearly emasculated as much as uh, all the Marvel male characters have been getting. Oh yeah, fucking fuck! You know what? They should have made that part of the movie. Like he should have been fucking her, like while it shorted out, and it it, like it it made it so he couldn't get a boner, and like half the movie was him, like struggling with the manhood. They could have done that too. They could have. That could have been an interesting wrinkle to the story. You never know. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, everybody. Thank you for you know your interest in Cherry Two Thousand. If you download this uh, episode, I just think it was time for somebody to talk about this movie because you know nobody else has the BDE to do it but us. But um, oh, yeah. one last thing I wanted to talk about is your podcast, Zach Mac and Zach Save the World. Uh, you guys actually have an exciting new uh, merchandise opportunity going on right now, don't you? We do. We have. We came up with this meme. Uh, we said it on an episode. While we were stoned, you can actually see us come up with it on the uh, the fucking little the Halloween three video uh, commentary thing, the highlights video. Uh, we we came up with cover me in your white pee, like that's like how a kid would say a fucking uh, talk about like uh, cummy relationships. But I was like, fucking that would be funny if we put that on a shirt. And then the idea sprang, like let's have a shirt. It says cover me in your white pee, and then like people can buy it and do a cum tribute on it, and then. Send us the picture and we'll use the picture to promote the show it's kind of genius so it's like it's like they're buying your merchandise they're covering it with their semen they're taking a photo and then it's making its way back to you it's almost like that kevin spacey movie pay it forward exactly fucking that guy ripped us off years before we did it yeah he was ahead of his time for ripping you guys off Exactly. Fucking then we all know what happened to him. He's very low T. Fucking no one knows what happened to Kevin Spacey. Fuck him. Exactly. Whatever Fucking, happened to Harley knew ye. He should have been, uh, you know, shooting his white pee on a t-shirt rather than fucking uh, young boys, if you ask me. Fucking yeah. low T motherfucker over there. 
Yeah, he was so low T. I don't even think he really got to him, did he? He just was threatening to. From what I heard. Yeah, he came on to him. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was weird. It was kind he, of a threatening experience. Yeah. I guess it's better to uh, go partially Jarrett instead of go full Jarrett. Hmm. Very. Yeah. If I, what is it with guys named Jared, by the way? I don't know. They're very untrustworthy, from what I can tell. Exactly. <laughs> And then we we also got the BTM podcast. You can mm-hmm. check that out too. Mary Chad, uh, we Chad. did. Uh, what was the one we've we we recently did? Uh, um, fucking uh, Lords of Salem. Oh yeah, great movie. Yeah, I thought you didn't like that movie. Oh, Lords of Salem, dude. I just, I don't know if I ever told you this. I drove 148 miles round trip to go see it. I was under the impression I was the only one that liked that movie. No, I like out it. of our clique, out of our clique. Like I kind of agree. When you watch it, you can tell that it was meant to be a much longer movie, and the guy edited it down. So I was hoping when it came to video, he would do a director's cut. You know, but that's yeah. the one he didn't do it with. It is the one that needed it the most. It would have been even better. But no, I like it, and uh, everybody hates his wife. I like his wife. I I thought it, I thought she was really good as uh, Michael Myers' mom in the first Halloween, and I actually appreciated getting to see her as a. Uh, you know, like the main character in Lords of Salem. So, yeah. She's got them dread. She probably blazes it. Oh, you know, she does. I mean, if your name is Moon Zombie, I don't think you're completely so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was telling, uh, I was actually telling my fiance the other day because I follow Rob Zombie on Instagram. It was like a couple weeks ago. He was like, oh, it's been 12 years since Halloween 2. And then like it was like the next week. He was like, now it's been 14 years since the first Rob Zombie Halloween. Can you believe those movies are like, over a decade old creeping up to like you know almost 20 years now that's so crazy to think about yeah yeah it is so yeah that that's it you if you if you guys want to hear more, more hot white pee talk head over to mac and zach save the world as long as well as uh btm behind the mask is it even oh, yeah. technically called behind the mask anymore or just strictly btm we went to btm but it's like fucking. It could still be behind the mask because I've been showing up doing the show with a mask on, just so that it makes sense. Yeah, I was gonna say because because yeah, like you could have been wearing that mask right now because that mask does have a slogan on it, from what I can tell. It does, fucking very Chad. Fucking, our moniker is on there, baby. We got to make shirts that say that. Fucking, we basically, you know how the, like the. This machine kills fat. Remember that? Like the fucking this machine kills fat. This machine, like there, that was like a big moniker for a while. Fucking yeah. Woody Guthrie, he had it on his guitar. We're gonna have this machine runs on cum. Exactly. And fucking, it, we we hope people like. There's no way there's anybody in this world besides me and Mac who would wear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like fucking. It's so funny. We have to do it. Mac, Mac should wear that shirt and show back up to the uh, the Ghoulies house and see what happens. Exactly, fucking oh, Chad. Exactly. So everybody, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you, uh, King COVID ZVS uh, Zachary Faye Saunders for joining me here tonight. Oh yeah, it's always a good time, and uh, we got some more uh, hot flicks uh, coming up in the future here. So don't worry. Uh, retro movie lovers, we have you covered, and we see you back here again soon in the movie graveyard. Dog.
technically it was the sex robot graveyard tonight. Hell yes, fucking sex robot. Like once they are the thing, like when I run on the communist platform, there's gonna be a sex robot provided to everybody. Amazing. At, at, Fucking the, the government's gonna pay for it. Just like fucking people were, were all mad because like fucking I don't want to pay money to fucking give somebody a sex change. Some fucking bullshit. We're gonna fucking we're gonna pay anybody who wants a pussy. We are gonna pay for it by the government. Now you get to fuck a hot Stacy. No matter what, all you gamers like this is the best. This is just like it's the next best thing to basically mandating that you have a girlfriend. Exactly. There's there's actually a um um this is actually not a joke this is not true there's actually a slightly autistic gentleman that I, I worked with for many years sat next to him for three years and uh, he used to he always use the phrase uh, my uh, government well, how do you say it my government supplied uh, wife or, yeah. or government what do you say a government oh, I fucked it all up I think I think it was government supplied. Ah, never mind. I fucked it up. It's not funny. See, it is true, it? though. He did say that, and I remember all the women saying, oh, that would be terrible if the government was the one who picked out your wife. What if that is a thing that, that runs in Aspies? Like, what, what if it, because I may be autistic, he may be autistic, we yeah. both came up with communism? Yeah, I mean, you guys are clearly somehow, like, it's, it's like you guys, there's like a wavelength that you guys are picking up on that nobody else does. According to the fucking, the, the newest predator, we are the next evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Black's predator, yeah, <laughs> and he, he, he like he even knew how to fly a spaceship, even though he was a nine-year-old boy. Jesus. He he probably was waiting for his government-supplied spouse as well. I think that's what he said: government-supplied spouse. Yeah. What a big Chad Dick thing to write into a script. The fucking yeah. uh, the, the Aspie upright. <laughs> I mean, they did it. I mean, it was. I mean, the movie didn't get too good of reviews, but I mean, technically, they did it. <laughs> So. It was a massive movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I actually thought it was okay until the CGI predator showed up, and then I thought it was like terrible. But I, I actually thought it would like it, if they if they st- stayed with that motif, like a kid who's in school gets mm-hmm. a predator, and now he could just take it to school, yeah. have it fuck with his bullies. For some reason, there was a part of me like a thirteen year old kid that like movies like that was just like this is gonna be fun, and then it kind of it just becomes something completely different. Well, mm-hmm. it was awesome too how those bullies were like stalking him on Halloween, and he was wearing the predator helmet. It'd have been cool if like he ran into the woods and the predator just jumped out and like gutted the bullies. Chad, very Chad. And then okay. it's like it'd be like a remake of that movie, The Pit. Oh, that'd be I, yeah. I got a copy of that. I need to watch it. Hell yeah, we actually did that one too on uh, for our Patreon episode. That was a, that turned out to be a good one. 